We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. It's the invasion of the podcast. And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where I try to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul with another guest for October. Uh, my friend James is here. Thank uh, you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I just you know, it's just weird that I'm like, hey, everybody, I like talking about horror movies. I happen to know a lot of people that know a lot about horror movies and it's October. So why not have them on to talk about horror movies? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to uh, talk about Exodus three this evening. It was originally going to be creep show two, but when I was talking to James B on the show, he mentioned like 20 other sequels to talk about. And Exodus three struck me because I have not watched that movie in years. And then I remember liking it as a kid and I remember being scared by one particular moment. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Um, and I figured it was worth revisiting and a good kind of way to wrap up uh, October because so far we've seen um, Return of the Living Dead Part 2, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which was a, that was my first time watching that. That was a bizarre movie. I That's, missed out on both of those. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Halloween 3 last week with Kevin. That was a, a fun conversation. So two twos, two threes to wrap out, uh, wrap out, wrap up the, the month. So, um, so I guess first I just want to ask, like, I know you have a much more vast like movie knowledge of like horror films than I do. What, what is it that brought you to, to liking the horror films? Uh, well, I mean, I was, you know, mostly raised in a video store actually as a child. Um, my, my dad, uh, so my whole family pretty much owned one, uh, back in this little, uh, little town called Decatur, Indiana, just South of Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, from about like 86 to 93, we were open, I believe. Um, you know, about the tail end of the video, boom. And, uh, I just, that was pretty much by the time I was like one to six or so, I think. And, uh, I don't know. My dad was always into it. Um, as I say, um, dad went to Ball State University and he was, uh, booking films there. Um, when he got out of that, he would manage a, a Lowe's theater in Indianapolis. And when, once that was over, um, that's when they, they, I was born and then they moved us back to Decatur, Indiana, which is like where most of the family's based. And, uh, that's the, the whole idea was the family was going to open a video store and that's pretty much where I grew up in. And dad's always been a nut, you know, for mo pretty much genre film in general. Okay. And so, I mean, I just kind of like grew up with that around everywhere. He's been, he's been a film critic or whatever for, mm, I don't know. It still is. Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure when that began actually come to think of it, but, uh, uh, so he's been, he's also been getting, you know, like screening copies of stuff in oh, forever, nice. still does. Um, you know, he, I've just pretty much grown up with like every film ever made just coming <laughs> into the mail all the time. Like, well, and then being in a, like living in a video store though, I mean, that has to be like, have it's awesome. Like oh, perks of that. It's fantastic. Uh, so then couldn't, so, couldn't ask for a better childhood. <laughs> so then they were okay with like, you could watch this or it was just more of like, it was there and you're going to watch it. Like, was it kind of more. That they just trust you to be like, well, you know that this isn't real. Because I feel like some kids, when they're younger, they're so sheltered from some of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, it depends on what the movie was. Uh, I know, like, you know, things with much more mature subject matter, like uh, the Hellraiser films and stuff like that, whatever, where it's, it's got a lot of sexual overtones, things, you know, and like that, of course, you know, like majorly with like BDSM, things like, you know, those types of elements. Mm -hmm. um, things like that I wasn't able to watch until, I don't know, maybe like preteen years or something. But I mean, uh, I remember I. I, I 
anecdote that I share a lot of times. I've written papers about it in college and stuff where about was like the first time I saw Dawn of the Dead and I was seven years old, you know, like, and with that type of stuff, uh, dad always knew everything about like, you know, like movie effects and stuff like that. So like I would be watching it with him and stuff and he would explain all those things at the beginning. Like okay. the, the very, uh, my father was always very candid with me about everything growing up and stuff okay. in general. So especially with like, you know, movies like that. So, I mean, I, I've grown up with like, you know, watching like heavy gore as a small child, of course, but it's not like a, here, go in a room and watch this yourself and, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, I'm not child watching Power Rangers episodes and then jumping off a building thing. I can fly. That yeah. It's like, here, watch these horror movies by yourself and then yeah. good luck sleeping. No, uh, that's cool. Like I, um, I've, I've talked about it before. My mom, we would go rent videos like every Friday night and it was mm. always like she would get like the, 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 she, the worst, the box art, I think that's what convinced her to watch the movie. <laughs> And she was always like, that looks like a good one. And she'd read the back of the box like that would change you know, your opinion. And so <laughs> we saw a lot of things because she loved them. So because she loved them, I was around it all the time. And you're right. Other than like some of the more sexually driven stuff. And oddly enough, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I didn't watch till I was a grown up because that was the one movie that she thought was a true story. And it's like that, you know, whatever. Kind of. I mean, it, yeah. it is, but not that one, you know. Right. You know, so there was like a taboo growing up. Like you can't watch the real one. Um, yeah. So like, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, it was like, we didn't have conversations about like how it worked. It was just that she liked it and that's what we did Friday nights, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so this is a fun time of year to always kind of try to get back in that headspace of like, it's the weekend. We're going to watch scary movies. We're going to have a good time, but yeah, I, I, I've, um, we're going to talk about extras three again later here. There's a lot to talk about there and, and especially putting on your like movie thinking hat to talk about it. So I'm really excited to talk about that, but let's, let's uh, do, let's get to some news and then, then we'll get to some exorcist. Good news, everyone. Well, first thing is good news. The, the last two things may not be good news. Uh, first thing I just want to mention, we just saw that there's a Predator teaser poster released, a motion poster, which, a.k.a. video of the poster, mm. was released. Uh, there's a new Predator movie coming. Uh, when's it coming out? It is August 3rd, 2018, which that's relatively soon, but it's also like the first week of August, which is when movies go to die. So I'm wondering what, what they're thinking of putting it there because August tends to be that real hit or miss month for movies um but i'm excited for a new predator movie with uh shane black uh right he wrote the script with uh fred decker who also i think fred decker directed monster squad or did he write it yeah no he directed okay yeah so they're they're together and shane black has a lot of he has a lot of street cred like making good movies i didn't even know fred decker was involved with this i didn't know that until i saw this story (laughs) so does that make you more excited though yeah and and it has an r rating like they're they're not gonna they're not gonna pussyfoot around and give it a PG thirteen. It's gonna be an R rated <sighs> predator film with the right people making it. No, it's uh, that's actually really great news because I last I've even heard anything from Fred Decker was uh, there was a Rue Morgue interview I think years ago. I God, what was that like? Oh three or oh four? Maybe this is when Monster Squad was getting the special edition DVD release. Like, um, and maybe like I think they were pulling out like Night of the Creeps as well. Yeah, because I know Monster Squad wasn't on a DVD for no. like for a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got the right people. Like, I feel like they're like, we're at a point now where there's some of these franchises that are getting, getting the right care they need. And I, and I, hopefully this movie makes, makes its money back. And then some, and like, you know, makes a lot of money actually to show you if you get the right people that know how to handle the property, right. That they will give you a quality product. Mm -hmm. Um, I, like, I thought that with, um, 
uh, what's his face? <laughs> what's his face? The director of uh, Alien, uh, Scott Ridley Scott. Why did I say what's his face? One of the most important directors of our time. When he was doing Covenant, I'm like, good, he's making an Alien movie. <laughs> I I um I backpedal on that statement now, but the yeah, idea, so much. it's a good I, it, it's a good pairing. I just don't know what he's thinking now, you know. And I people argue with me about that. No, at um, least his, his name had marquee value enough to get people to go see it too. Yeah, and then with um like the new Blade Runner. Uh, with him producing it, but having like an actual award-winning director coming in and doing that, um, I think those are good pairings. You know, have like, you seen it yet? The I, new Blade I've R- seen the new Blade Runner. What do you? I, I liked it. Everybody else I know has had their mind blown by it. Um, I'm not saying they're wrong. I just like I was talking to Kevin about this last episode. You would you would think that in the year in which I got a, 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 an alien movie directed by Ridley Scott, a sequel to Blade Runner, and what was the th- oh and um and it like a, a theatrical release of it, mm-hmm. you think this would be my year? And <laughs> for some reason, Covenant left me kind of cold. I have problems with that movie. It's visually, it looks amazing. I mean, Scott, he knows how to shoot a film. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Blade Runner, it, it it is it is beautiful. The soundtrack is amazing. Uh, Ryan K. Got Ryan K. Gosling. Ryan Gosling's character, gay, gay, K. Jesus Christ, he's not gay. His name's K. Wow, you're the one that's had a couple drinks tonight, not me. <laughs> um, he's really good at it, you know. And this his central relationship that he has is amazing. Something about like the overall mystery kind of left me kind of flat. Everybody else is like saying, "Well, why are you focusing on that?" Because the rest of the movie is like beautiful, and it is. Mm-hmm. But you, you ever set a movie up too high, maybe? when you're, you're going to watch it and maybe it doesn't reach. Oh, yeah. And I think I kind of got roped in because it got like a really, like all the uh, reviews were really good for it. And I went in expecting to have like my brain fall out of my ears and just be like, this is amazing. Because I love Blade Runner. Uh-huh. It, you know, it's not a perfect film, but I love it. And there's a, and there's a lot to love about the new one. It just kind of left me kind of in between. And the new It movie, it was okay. It wasn't, I don't think it was anything spectacular, but I'm glad an R-rated horror film made a lot of money. Right. You know, yeah, I, I wasn't in love with it either. I but uh, I really did like it though. Yeah, I it really was it was perfectly it. fine. I just don't think it was like the second coming of like horrors. People right. were kind of yeah. painting it out to be. So so yeah, I'm hoping that this new Predator. Um, I'm hoping that it like I'm I'm going to set the bar mid. I'm not going to set it high. I'm just going to set it mid. Hopefully, it clears that and it'll be awesome. So I think I'm, I think it would have had a better first time viewing of it if I hadn't gone to see it in the theater. I think it was opening weekend too, and it's just like you can't, especially horror movies, you can't go see them in the theaters anymore without expecting tons of people to talk or you know joke with their friends and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. there's, you know, you just want to pour chemicals on those people. Like, <laughs> you just want to wish like a, a demonic clown on them. Yeah, you know? the like hell. A, um, I, my, my viewing actually wasn't like that bad, but we also, I, I'm getting to that old man stage where I'm like, can I watch it at 11 o'clock in the morning? Cause I'll go, I'll go to the movies at 11 in the morning, go watch a movie now. Cause I'm guaranteed that kids probably aren't going to be there. Yeah. And it's, it's usually people because they want to go. That's a good idea actually. And, and like, I'll go like on, um, well, Blade Runner, I actually, I know I called off of work cause it was a busy weekend and I, and I was like, well, I'm calling off work, but I'm like, I might as well go see Blade Runner. So I saw it like on a Friday morning at like 11. So it was like the perfect time to go see that movie. I purposely try to go see everything as early as possible now just because you just the odds of not catching that talky crowd, you know, so I don't know why I haven't thought about that before. I'm uh, trying to just catch a matinee of it. And that's a great idea. Yeah. So there you go. That's my that's my tip. Be a cranky old person and go watch movies early. Yeah. So uh, new Predator. Hope it's good because uh, did you see Predators? The one that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was OK. In theaters. Yeah. No, it was, it was it was all right. Yeah. It just it didn't go far enough. Like you had them. 
you had them escape, but then there wasn't like one last thing to complicate things, I guess. It was just kind of like, it felt like, it felt like if you'd watched aliens and been like, Oh, they got off the planet. That's good. And like that, that's the way the movie ended with them flying off into space and getting to the Nostromo and then never, you know, or not the Nostromo was it? That's the second Nostromo was the first one. Yeah. Anyway, getting to the ship and then you see credits and never have the fight with the alien queen. Like I feels like predators felt like it was almost there. You know, I just felt like Topher Grace could have had a lot more of a graphic death. I think that would have been a lot nicer. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't hate that his character existed in that movie though. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I'd have to go back and rewatch yeah, it. Me too. I just, I'm not a fan of his in general. Well, if I told you he's in this new one, he's not in the new one. Oh, good. <laughs> No. Um, Edward James almost is in the new one, so that's right. cool. I hope he punches the alien in the face. I hope he just punches <laughs> the predator straight in the face. Um, so that that makes me excited. So anyway, hopefully that will be good. Um, you know, we'll do the, we'll do the, this the story next. So uh, speaking of of sequels and other movies being made, the Devil's Reject sequel is officially in development, as per a statement from Rob Zombie. Um, I picked the story for you. We talked about a little bit of this before the show because I am not. I've not really watched his filmography other than his remake of Halloween. Right. And uh, so I, I've taken, have you seen, like, I don't know if you've seen the newer stuff, like 31. I haven't seen 31 and uh, I, I never finished uh, what Lords of Salem. I got yeah. through like the first 15 minutes of it. And I, I think I was just, I probably popped it on just to see a little bit before I went to work one day, if I remember correctly. And uh, I liked what I saw. I just, uh, I've never had a chance to go back and watch it yet. Um, everything I saw of it seemed like it was pretty cool. I've heard mixed reviews from people, people I trust say that they really loved it, that it, it, it totally like, you know, makes up for a lot of his other stuff he's done previously. Um, I don't know. I've basically just been hoping, praying, whatever, that one day he's going to make uh, the, the T-Rex film he's been talking about forever. And as far as I knew, they abandoned that. And I remember all the rumors I'd heard about it was that it's like, no, this is not going to be an adaptation of the Steve Niles comic that we, you know, we did together, the uh, Nails was it nails? If I'm saying that correctly, um, it was just a, it was a four piece miniseries okay. about this uh, this wrestler that basically looks like a oh. overgrown Lemmy Kilmeister or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially it's basically. Have you ever seen the film uh, Race of the Devil? No, but uh, I, didn't they do like an animated take on that or something? Or there was one that he no, did. No, uh, El Super Beasto, the that, horror of El Super Beasto, yeah. which is phenomenal. Okay, that is amazing. That's it's hilarious. It's every bit uh, as as much of that like spooky cool stuff that you know we really loved about Rob Zombie when we were kids and stuff. All that stuff is in there, and it's 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 based off the comic book that he did, uh, the um, oh, Spook Show International, I believe it was called, um, which was it was an anthology comic book he did, kind of based off the EC thing, whatever. But uh, it was a recurring okay. uh, story that would show up in there, and the comic book was like so so. But when the movie finally came out, it was just like holy shit, like. Uh, hmm. um, it's uh, I don't know. It was uh, my my little bro and I would loved it. Like it was it was fantastic. It's 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 been a very repeated. Watch I just you mentioned the T Rex thing. I for some reason that's that's putting a bell off in the back of my head. I've heard him talk about that. Maybe he had an interview with with the Nerdist a few years ago. I don't know. Mm. I just like with Chris Hardwick because I mean Hardwick was in the House of a Thousand Corpses, right. right? So I just something about that. I. I just I know something. I don't remember what it was though. So that's why when you said that, I kind of looked at you kind of odd. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've not seen I've not seen all the Devil's Rejects. I have not seen House of the Thousand Corpses. I feel like people probably should judge me because I haven't seen that one. But it just when it was originally coming out, it just didn't seem. You've not seen House of a Thousand Corpses? No, I've not. No, I remember. Um, this is not going to be a popular opinion. I I loved that movie so much when it came out. I still do. Uh, it's. I saw it every weekend that it was out in theaters in my area, which was only six weeks, I believe. Uh, but I went every weekend to go see it. Uh, I took a date to it and all this <laughs> stuff, whatever. Like, never saw that girl again. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I actually talked her into wearing Halloween masks with it. Uh, 
but no, it was a that, that was a fun time. That th- that's probably a good that, litmus test if that person's going to stick around. Or yeah, not. yeah, no, I mean that, that was my thinking at the time. Uh, but uh, what was I going to say? Like it, um, I don't know. That was like the most fun uh, as far as like a filmic event uh, that I remember. Like just uh, in growing up in general, because um, I'd always heard the stories about Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Like uh, my 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 dad had I think booked it at the Lowe's Theater he was uh, working at, and uh, that was where I learned all about like the whole like. Um, how like you know, directors don't want to get their they don't want their film to be unrated or X rated. Well, they don't want it to be unrated because uh, then it's assumed that it's like a, an X rated film, and newspapers won't run back then anyway. Like okay. newspapers wouldn't run the ads for it, um, so it would just be such a word of mouth thing. And you didn't have social media back then, so um, that was that was a part of why they had to cut a lot of things down, I guess, with uh, Texas too. Um, mm-hmm. And then not to mention that, but th- there's so many just different. Everybody always accuses House of a Thousand Corpses of being uh, like ripping off Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I always say it's an homage to Texas too. Really, I mean, okay, that's where I think the most overlaps are, and like, uh, you know, especially too with like Bill Mosley being in it, and you know, a lot of people too also say that he's just playing the same character. I, I think there's a million different differences between Otis Driftwood and Chop Top, but well, now that I've seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two just two weeks ago, oh, um, for the first time, which that was. That was bug nuts. Uh, that was oh, uh, no. I love that movie. Not knowing it was a comedy going in yeah, made it a lot more a fun for me. I mean, it really is like there, like there's nothing in that. To me, it felt like there's nothing in that that was like super super serious. Like it was very over the top, and like I enjoyed it. That movie, like I didn't need I didn't need a, um, a like a sequel to Texas Chainsaw where it was the same scenario. I did not need that, and this movie definitely did not do that. Um, so it was a lot of fun. So now seeing that, maybe, maybe I'll give House of a Thousand Corpses a chance because if you I've liked seen... one, I, I would assume you would like the other. Okay. Honestly, yeah. Uh, yeah no, I, I, I remember the first time I, the first time I ever attempted to watch Texas Two, I was probably that was one of those ones where. I think I had censored myself as a child or whatever because, like, my, my dad had, like, grabbed it to reference something or whatever, and he put it in, and he was like, okay. He's like, I'm going to put this on, but, like, don't watch any of this. And he still lets me stay in the room. <laughs> like, I'm not going to try and watch it over his shoulder. And it, it's it's that opening scene on the bridge and stuff where, you know, they saw the dude's head off and stuff. And I remember being so traumatized by it as a child and just being like, no, 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 no like, turn it off. Well, I told you not to watch it. <laughs> and then uh, I, I think I was, like, a like a younger teenager, like, the, the when I f- first tried to, like, revisit it because I uh, – uh, I think I was watching USA one night and uh, what is that? What is it? Summer School? You know the movie I'm thinking Oh, yeah, of? yeah. It is Summer School that yeah. references it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like uh, and they're watching the first one uh, in, in in one of the classrooms and stuff. So I was just like, ah, you know, this would be a good time to check this movie out again. So I tried to, I, I watched the first one and then I, and then I was like, well, we have the second one. I put it on and like just fell in love. Uh, you know, I was at that point or whatever, you know, not bothered by that type of stuff at all. I mean, I, God, I was like four or five, I think. It's the first time I tried to, to, to look at the second one. But. Yeah, uh, I, I think when we're talking about Exorcist 3, I think I was really, really, really young when I saw the first Exorcist by accident. So I think that's pretty much screwed me up for my life. So, uh, But with, with Zombie, though, like I feel like 31, 31 people, a lot of people wanted to like it. It, it kind of fell on its keys from everything that I've heard about it. So I don't know if Zombies the same bankable commodity that you had. Oh, the movie was crowdfunded. Yeah, but even then, it still didn't do well. You know, like, oh, like yeah, I'm sure. So, um, so I guess maybe him coming back to saying I'm making a movie. I don't know if it's a sequel or a prequel to, you know, it's a Devil's Rejects. That's the one people think of the most. I don't know if that's just him trying to get back on solid footing and then go off and can make something different again. Probably. Yeah. You know, like that, this is his clerks too, you know, <laughs> like scenario. Well, I actually like clerks too. I like clerks too as well, <laughs> but I just, you know, I'm, um, I'm not, I'm not happy about a sequel to, to devil's rejects. I was not never a huge fan of it. I like it enough that I, I own it. 
Um, I I think I was saying to you before. I think I've seen the I saw the movie twice in theaters when it came out. Um, but it just is not my favorite film by him at all. It's one of the only films he's done that I will admit that I, I actually do enjoy. But it's I I was really hoping for a sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses, which I really would say the movie is not. Um, even when you add in the uh, it, like the the deleted scenes, I don't know if you've seen those at all. Um, no. There's there's like a whole deleted scene with Doctor Satan. Um, uh, Rosaria Dawson actually, if I said her name correctly, uh, uh, she's in it, and she's you know because that's a deleted scene. She's not even in the movie apparently, hmm. whatever. But it's there's like a, a scene where they bring him in, uh, like they bring in Doctor Satan, like they've they've raided the house and all that stuff. You know the the police have, and they uh, they bring Doctor Satan into the the hospital and stuff, whatever. And there's like a dim-witted sheriff, whatever, it's, uh, trying to hit on her, or whatever, and tries to invite her to an Ario Speedwagon show, and uh, they're talking and they get caught up and. Uh, Dr. Satan ends up re- uh, reaching up and like rips her throat out right there. And it was like a, you know, nice hmm. gore sequence and all this type of stuff. But it, like it just, it didn't make it to the film for whatever reason, probably because I don't know. I, I feel like they're just trying well, to distance I, themselves from yeah. the first one. But. Well, I know from what little I do know mm-hmm. of uh, Devil's Rejects, because uh, my one buddy I was telling you before the show made it a drinking game to get through the beginning mm-hmm. of that and drink every time you hear a swear word. And we stopped before the credits were over. He was telling me that that zombies shot so much for that movie that it, what the only reason that movie holds together is because they brought in an actual editor to make it make sense. <laughs> and he's saying, cause he's like, you look at this title, the intro sequence where it's set to uh, midnight rambler. I yeah. think it is. And he's like, look at all this. He's like, it's a really fun beginning to this movie. He's like, yeah, those were all scenes with dialogue and acting oh, really? that they condensed into like three minutes so it just took smart editing to make a really cool intro to the movie. It is a great intro. And that just shows you that Zombie was kind of off to the races. Yeah. And and no one, I, I don't know, I guess it's hard. I guess even the moment of making something, it's hard to see ultimately what the final product's going to be or what works and what doesn't work. But if you're shooting five, six hours worth of film that you're going to, like, you know, a total is going to be a two-hour movie, mm-hmm. you got to wonder, you know, like, where is this going to stop? You know, so I don't know what's going to happen with this. I know there's fans that are really looking forward to it. I, I just I have not been converted over to the zombie camp. I mean, the Halloween remake was okay. I just felt like he was saddled too much with meeting the expectations of the Michael Myers origin story because the second half of that movie is just Halloween again. And I, I didn't felt yeah. like he could have. I think he could have done great things with the Sam Haynes storyline or Samhain, however you pronounce it. Um, it. Uh, but he he totally threw that out. Like, yeah. I mean, like it, it's 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 just another movie about a hulking psychopath. Don't have too many of those around, you know, like. <laughs> And it's like, well, this I was one pissed when I saw that. This one, he's just sad because he has family problems. It's like, ah, uh, you know, big deal. Yeah, <laughs> right. Get, get over it, Michael. Just to, also, why yeah. would you let someone that big have access to paper mache and other tools that he could make all these masks in his room? Like, it felt like they were leaving that open for him to get out any time. And it's like, yeah. we trust him. He's been violent early on, but now he's a monster of a man. Let's keep giving him things. Well, know? I think what was in the original film, whatever somebody had taught him to drive and stuff too, like that was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so I, we'll see. Um, and anyway, so the, here's the news that isn't good either, but it's about a subject that I, that I enjoy more. Um, Ash versus Evil Dead, which I don't know if you've seen any of the TV series. A bit, a few episodes. I um I've seen the first season. Uh, I loved it. I haven't had a chance to watch second season. The reason I was waiting to watch second season is because Stars also has that series American Gods that was on, and I wanted to to resubscribe to the Stars Network for like that thirty days and watch both. You know, because American mm-hmm. Gods looks awesome, and I wanted to watch second season of this. And I guess right now, the the. the fourth season of Ash vs. Evil Dead is on the bubble getting renewed 
because um, they're not making money on it because people keep downloading it and not paying fourth, for it. Fourth season? The third season just started. So there, there's the, oh. the it's on the bubble about getting renewed for a fourth season just because uh, financially they're not making the money on it because people are just downloading it. And that to me is bizarre. I mean, it doesn't surprise me people, people steal things. I get right. that. Um, but it's Evil Dead. It's, it's well, you know, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead. You get Ash. You get Bruce Campbell. And like these these seasons are what like 10 episodes long so you're getting almost like two more movies worth of material each season and you're never going to get a proper movie sequel that's fine and i think a 30 minute story each week with him in it being crazy and fighting you know deadites and demons and everything is wonderful how can you feel like you're enjoying a product knowing that you're causing it to wither when you've been wanting this product for years right so i i don't know i mean it just how do you how do you kind of uh, check in on this whole like uh, I I understand there's reasons people download why people download stuff they do um, I will admit that I have because there's just sometimes that I'm trying to find something and I cannot find it viably anywhere streaming or to rent it so I will I will find other ways to get it mm-hmm. but it's not a current TV show it's not a current movie it's always like I don't know spoiler alert those westerns I've been watching have been kind of hard to find and they're like 40 50 years old right um, I don't know if that they're making the same amount of money on them that they once did you know so I don't feel as bad about that well like a friend of mine uh, on social media posted a, a, a question or whatever like when is it okay to uh, you know to, to, to what's the word like uh, steal intellectual property that type yeah. of thing um, you know which I think is a stupid question the, the answer of course whatever if you you know you dabble in nihilism or whatever is it that it's, it's okay when you say it's okay you know what I'm saying Who's gonna, <laughs> no one can stop you then it's it's fine but no I mean <laughs> a, as an ethical question or whatever I myself the only thing that I where I usually end up doing that stuff where I draw the line typically is if it's something that's out of print you know that like uh whether it's you know record executives or uh you know distribution companies or something if they're not meeting the the demand of the public that wants it, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, they'll release something, like, and then it just goes out of print immediately. Okay. That type of thing, whatever. It's like, well, you know, hell with that. I'm just, you know, I'm going to find it. Like, you know, I'm not going to pay $200 for a used copy of this. Like, like why would I? Like, at that yeah. point, this, you know, the studios, the, the the creators, all these things, like, they're not getting that money. It's just going into, you know, some other... Uh, like some dealer or something like that, and you know, screw that. Like, uh, it's the same. It's it's the the issue that I have with the, like all the the soundtracks and stuff these days, whatever that are coming out in vinyl by like you know Mondo and Waxwork and mm-hmm. things like that. Where it's like most of these things come out, and then it's just they. Uh, immediately like you know they only come out with a limited edition and then somebody buys up tons of them and then they flip them and then it's like outrageously priced and stuff and it's yeah. just kind of like well it, the warriors soundtrack is a good example and stuff and it's like well I've, I've already got the original pressing of that and stuff and maybe it's not a superior sound quality but it's just like i don't know i'm, I'm happier with that anyway and stuff like you know yeah. and i don't know like but it, you know getting back to it it's just i i try myself you know like this, especially with like collecting and stuff too, whatever. I, I try not to do like stuff. I, I've, I've never torrented ever. Okay. Um, like, you know, here and there, sometimes whatever, you know, I, you know, without incriminating myself, whatever, sometimes <laughs> I, 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 I mean, this is just a recording. <laughs> I don't know if you are aware. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, I, I, I have gone through like, you know, means outside of it, you know, but, um, you know, typically whatever, I, I, I try to go with just whatever is like just typically unavailable. Uh, re- like recently, um, I don't know if you remember by any chance, uh, the, Faruza Balk, when she was a child, whatever, did this, uh, I think, was it Disney Channel movie, maybe, whatever, called The Worst Witch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been hunting, the, I've been trying to uh, find that movie for years. If you find a copy, I will let, let my like, wife know. She'll probably like to watch oh, it as well. It's, it's, it's on, well, I looked it up on Amazon right now, and it's like, um, 
God, it's over a hundred dollars, I think, for a used copy. And like, so I was just like, no, I'm I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> like, I, I finally discovered this movie, and like, no one has it available. If I, if I you know, if, if somebody rips this off, no one is getting hurt by it at this point, or whatever, because it's out of print. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, I, th- I think context helps a lot. Now you're right. right. Like, uh, like I said, I, I will admit, like, just because. I don't know. It's it's hard for especially when we live in a world of like completely like there's so many digital outlets for things that yeah. I don't know how how hard it is to host and to have these things available. I know there's like licensing and rights and things like that too. Right. I get that, but it's just you know. So yeah, some of these westerns I've had to you know <laughs> I've had to go and find you know, and I just sure. couldn't go rent them. Um, I will say I did buy my copy of Exodus three, so that's the, so please don't come after me. Um, Brad Dourif, it's fine. Did you buy it from the exchange? I did, <laughs> I did buy, so I bought it used. Yeah. Yeah. So I, which that's their own market for that too, right? So I, but with this though, with the TV show that, um, and Stars isn't the biggest network, and you're, and you have a niche show that clearly people love, but I would argue that Ash as a character with the Evil Dead isn't as common in the headspace of the average viewer as versus sure. like other, you know, other things. Um, like like versus like The Walking Dead or whatever, which those are way different shows and way different networks. Mm-hmm. But if I went to like a person that may not be into horror movies and be like, oh yeah, did you see Evil Dead? They may not have watched that movie. Mm-hmm. But so I feel like this is catering to a specific crowd and they're not returning in kind after they have been begging for more of this. So how much is stars a month? It's like maybe 10 bucks a month. Like you really can't pony that up to watch the show, you know, for the one month and then unsubscribe or whatever you want to do. You don't have to constantly keep paying money to stars. You know, I wonder if it's not a thing though, too, where it's just like the people that are doing this, if they're doing it in such, you know, gigantic numbers, if it's just people that are just have like lost interest in the show, but they have just enough that they want to check it out. And they're just like, but I don't really feel like, you know, going through it. Cause I mean, it, it's like, look at the walking dead. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's, it's ratings have been, you know, horrible in like the last couple like seasons or whatever. And they've been good seasons, but people know, I mean, uh, I was, I was reading an article about this, whatever, like the, the problem that the walking dead seems to suffer from is that they, they, pull all the resources into the, the the season premiere and the season finale and people know that pretty much nothing happens in between there yeah. and that's just my opinion but I mean like you'll have whole episodes that are just based off of one character and it's backstory and stuff and people are just like I, I just spent a week waiting for this <laughs> and it's, it's like you know I'm, you're not going to advance the story at all so I have to wait another week for like you know and, and you know Myself, I mean, the, the the times I've really enjoyed watching that most, whatever, is like when I can binge watch it when it's all done and mm-hmm. stuff, and it makes its way to Netflix and stuff. But because I, I did try watching for a couple seasons as like a, a, on a weekly basis, and I, it was so frustrating because it's like, yeah, there's, you know, I I don't want to watch a whole episode <laughs> on, about how Stella got her groove back, you know, like I I, I want to see you know what happens with the compound and you know whatever, like um, and and they've they've done the research too, and it shows that like viewership just drops through most of that season up until you get to the, uh, like the mid season cliffhanger. Right. And then, yeah. Yeah. I, but I, that's another thing too, with this, this, uh, Ash versus evil dead, the, the episode runs are like 10. It's not mm. like they're right. like 20 plus, which I know walking dead kind of gets up there. Um, I just think this one's unique in the sense that it, 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 it was fan driven for how it ended up getting finally made. And then it's the same fan base that might get it canceled. Mm. And that to me is is weird, you know, yeah. and and then when it's all gone, everyone's like, well, it was, you know, it was the, their fault for not promoting it or maybe stars not believing in it or whatever. And it's like I, this is just one of those ones that like I, I know I need to give my money towards it or go buy like the Blu-ray or whatever, something to show because I've enjoyed the first season greatly. And I love Bruce Campbell and he brings 
he just brings Bruce Campbell to it. It's great. You know, it's just, I, I can't think of another show in which the, it's fan base is destroying it. Um, but wants more of it. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know what that, I just, I'm, I'm sure there's other examples. I just don't know what they are. I mean, they, they are shooting themselves in the foot essentially with this, but, uh, I don't know. I just from watching a few episodes here and there, um, I haven't watched them in order either. Like, it's just, I haven't terribly enjoyed it that much. It I, is a little serialized. So that's kind of maybe part of the problem. I, I think, I, I guess I feel like it's just a little too goofy. I don't know. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, if, if that's a thing, I mean, it's just, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't feel like Bruce Campbell's playing Ash anymore. I feel like he's playing, you know, Sam Axe, which I loved too. I mean, but, uh, at the same token, like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking, I, I don't know. It's, it's a little too slapsticky for me, I guess, which is, I know it sounds stupid when you're talking about, you know, the evil dead series or whatever. And, all those influences from you know the Three Stooges and stuff that they incorporate in there, but the thing that I've really liked about the show most, honestly, has been the the, the soundtrack. Like uh, the the songs they pick for the soundtrack are amazing. Yeah, they are. Like, yeah, like there there was a death song in there in the in the one episode, and I was just like, no kidding. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, I mean, and the first season tried to give a little bit serious. There's a whole separate side story with um with a cop that was investigating things, and then when, once that story kind of met up with the main group, it kind of fell away. <sighs> so I think they kind of. We're trying to have like a serious B story with a silly A story. I, I just forgot about the side characters until you reminded me. I think yeah. that's one of the other things I hate about that show so much. But I I don't <laughs> mind the, the two sidekicks, but but either way, it's just um, I need to I need to watch season two. I've been so bad about just watching TV in general right now, uh-huh. just because one I'm watching a lot of illegal westerns clearly, and then I've been watching scary movies and I've been living a life so allegedly allegedly yeah. living a life allegedly, not the stealing the movies. That's very clear. <laughs> um. I, you know, and so I've only had room in my my watching like for like like South Park and like uh, the Good Place, which I don't know if you've watched the Good Place. That uh-uh. show is awesome. I don't want to tell you anything about it. It's it it sounds like the it sounds like a really lame premise to begin with, but it keeps mm-hmm. twisting and twisting and twisting. And it's this um, uh, what's her name, Kristen Bell. She dies and goes to the Good Place, and she's met by the architect Michael, who's played by Ted Danson. And he's like, welcome to the good place. And it's everything you could possibly want. And she she finds out quickly that she has the same name as the person that should have been there. So she's definitely not a good person and definitely did a lot of bad things. So she's trying to stay in the good place. <laughs> and it gets it gets more and more complicated as it goes. And that sounds kind of like an innocent thing. It's not. It's it's a wonderful show. And I keep going. To, I keep watching it weekly because I want the viewership to stay because I want that show to continue. You know, sure. it's, it's NBC, but you know, primetime shows, you, if, if they have like, like early on, if they have a couple bad weeks, they're gone, yeah. you know? So that's about all I have time for now. So, uh, sure. but anyway, uh, Ash versus evil dead, go support it. Don't pirate it. You know, don't be a jerk. Um, and, and watch that. If you want to support it, then support it. Uh, anyway, enough about enough about evil dead. Let's talk about some uh, other evil. And now for our feature presentation. Exorcist Part Three, uh, which we said so we're going to talk about. Uh, this film, uh, I, it's. I'm glad that uh, this is the last one of the month. Not just because it's it's the end of the month. I just think that this was probably the most serious of the four movies I've watched. So it was good to kind of end on a good, serious, like psychological, demonic film as opposed to something. Halloween Three was a lot of fun, but I, I want I want a good, scary movie to watch at the, this time of year. And you had mentioned it as a suggestion, and it clicked something in my head because, and we'll, we'll talk more about this in a second, there was one of the most unnerving scenes in this film mm. in a movie that's actually, it's it's pretty good, So, but that scene has no right being in this movie because it's so 
good like versus the rest of the film I, I and you could tell me i'm wrong but like but it's like I will. the pacing of that <laughs> scene is so unique to the rest of the movie yeah and then that happens you know so anyway um i guess we'll just start with a little bit of, of backstory uh yeah, there was an extras one which hopefully you guys have seen um that movie terrifies me i i don't believe in the demonic i don't believe in the supernatural i still cannot watch the extras by myself i really that movie it feels very documentary like yeah. You know, and also like it doesn't it is a horror a film. It's not a horror movie. It's a film, you know, and you get the plight of the family and they're really trying to struggle with, uh, with Reagan. And so they go through all the medical treatments. It's very straightforward. And then like the exorcism thing is like last ditch, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, so I think that film really once you finally get to the head spinning and the, the pea soup and everything, it earns all of that strangeness. Um, also, the spider walk go screw yourself that scares me the upside down spider walk that's another one of those moments where the scene's normal and then all of a sudden she's walking kind of upside down Ugh. you know it's a good it's a good movie it's, Which that's, that's an added scene right i mean from it, when it's in the movie. version you've never seen before yeah right, right, the, right. yeah that maybe that's why it scares me more now because i never saw it growing up but it is terrifying um just thinking about it gives me goosebumps. Like, look at that. Look, it's terrible, right? <laughs> no, like, I'm not, yeah, like that's actually happening right now. <laughs> um, and did you ever see the second one, The Heretic? Yes, I saw it on TV years ago. Oh, it was weird. Um, clearly, uh, uh William Peter uh, Blady and um, uh, the director William Friedkin. They had nothing to do with the sequel. Right. They didn't want to do it. They didn't want to get near it. And I guess if, I just read a little bit about that today. What that was supposed to be, what it ended up being was completely different. So it got twisted and twisted until it became that film. Seems like it. Um, and so this third one wasn't even supposed to be a third Exorcist movie. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be based off of uh, William Peter Blay's novel Legion that had ties to the Exorcist, but it wasn't supposed to be an Exorcist sequel. Right. Uh, so I know uh, uh, you did some reading about this as well. I guess I just want to set the stage for that. The the deck was kind of stacked against this film as a film from the beginning because what the studio wanted and what he wanted were a little different. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, again, like the, the studio really wanted like to go to base it off the marquee value and stuff. They wanted to call it Exorcist 3 in general. And, um, the oh, demoning. I don't know. That's not what they no. would call it. I, there was another one I read about and I forget it now, but... Uh, Exorcist Three Legion, I think, was just I, I'm I'm gonna call him Blatty. That's how I always pronounced it. But Blatty, Blatty, sure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he, uh, I, I think, Exorcist Three Legion was just what he decided upon. I think he originally just wanted to call it Legion, which is you know named after his book and stuff. But uh, they they just they weren't they weren't budging with it. So yeah, and so he eventually is like, fine, you can call it Exorcist Three Legion. And so they they do this movie, which. Uh, it, 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 it follows um, the one uh, detective from uh, The Exorcist was his, uh, um, oh, what's what's George C. Scott's name in that? Uh, I, I'll get that in a second. Because I want to say Kincaid, and that's not right at all. No. It's like something like that. Um, I'll look it up. Let's go to the internet. All right. So um, it follows his character, who his name is Kinderman. That's Kinderman. it. Um and so it, it picks up 15 years after the original Exorcist, which ends with um, Father Karras uh, taking uh, Pazuzu 
and and throwing himself out or the demon forces whatever it throws him out of the bedroom window goes crashing down the long set of stairs in georgetown and supposedly dies right mm-hmm. so this picks up 15 years after the fact so kinderman and one of the other priests in the area that was aware of this this thing happening they get together once a year because it's kind of one of those things where i'm sure everyone heard the story but no one probably believes it happened in terms of what they actually saw mm-hmm. and so they it's a support group thing right and but also in the meantime uh, 15 years previous, there was a killer named the Gemini killer that happened to stop killing because they, they found him and killed him. And so that was 15 years ago. And then something happens now where those killings are starting again and it's all kind of pointing towards what happened that night. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting start for a film. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I respect that this film uh, was trying to be more of a procedural crime film Mm-hmm. than it was like a supernatural thriller. It was supposed to have that rolled up into it, but it was supposed to be more about detective work. Yeah, it's a very grim drama for most of it. Like, yeah. Uh, I, remember, I just, I remember, like, I only saw the movie the first for the first time, like, only a few years ago, probably 2010 or 11. Um, and it was, uh, I'd heard so many bad things about it for years and stuff, and just but the first time I saw it, I just couldn't believe that it got such bad reviews. I thought it was, I think it's wonderful. I okay. love the film from start to finish. Um yeah, I've I've seen it multiple times. Uh, I was gonna say like, I I, I love the just the the character dynamic between uh, Father Dyer and what did we say his name? Kinderman. Again? Yeah, Kinderman. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, uh, I do too, because you get the feeling these guys are kind of like. It almost reminds me of the uh, the Looney Tunes cartoon with uh, the sheepdog and the wolf, how they go clock in. And it's kind of like that whole thing of like, see you, Ralph, see you, Frank. It's like they're friends, but they also kind of bristle each other, you know, yeah. kind of thing. I I appreciate that kind of, like that's that you get that you get that relationship early and you and you get where these guys are. Their their chemistry in it is, is is amazing in the film. That was one of the things I was noting when I was watching it the other night again, um, just to kind of you know brush up on it. Um, but I, one of the things I was reading too is that like uh, it, it tries to talk about them being like best friends and stuff, uh, but. Uh, I guess like they're when they're they're shown in the original film, it's just like they their their meeting is not friendly. Like it really couldn't be considered that like yeah, or whatever. So it's just, this is kind of a stretch or whatever. Like you know somebody took creative license with this, but um, I don't know. Maybe it could have been one of those like you know uh, Sherlock Holmes Moriarty type of things or whatever, where they just had a, just a great respect for each other that, uh, that because of that bond that they had from the you know the mutual friendship. And stuff, I, and I would think built that over the years, fifteen years on, if, if if the only person you know that saw what happened. Like, and yeah. you, you kind of get together on the day that it happened, right? Like, I could see how, like, a relationship would be formed. Like, you may not have saw eye to eye to begin with, but that's the only other person that you know that experienced the same thing that you did. And it's like how, you know, you got to, like, I like there was the joke in the movie where um, Kinderman's like, I have to go see this priest. He gets a little little worried about whatever. And then the priest's like, yeah, he gets a little down today. And it's like they're both yeah. like talking shit about each other. But then they go to the movies together without like, you know, without any like incident. I thought that was great. Right. Um, So I, I guess like this was supposed to be more like you're right. It's more of a drama. And but then the studio started like butting in saying, well, the film's called Exorcist 3, which the, he should have been like, yeah, you made it called that. But there's no exorcism in this movie. Mm-hmm. So this film gets changed significantly from what it was supposed to be to what it is. And you said this is your first time. Well, you saw it the first time a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw it growing up, but I didn't remember much about it uh, other than I don't like other than that one scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then reading about it here, like you could see where the one like where the movies kind of like the movie that they were going for. And then what they ended up with, it is amazing to me 
that the story even makes sense and it's coherent in the second half because it does kind of veer hard. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that because they, they bring in, they bring in Brad Dourif, like his performance almost unrelated to everything else going on. And I mean, in terms of how they do it, it's actually kind of cool, but it's definitely not from that film. Like what the, the original vision of the film and what it is now. Uh, I mean, again, this is a lot of that stuff is new knowledge to me. I, uh, this, these are things I've just kind of looked up recently, whatever I, I watching the film and again, like, you know, repeated viewings and seeing it in the other seeing it again the other night i uh i don't know like i never thought of that stuff as like being so like uh disjointed or whatever until okay. you brought up some of these things i had no idea that so did i just ruin the movie for you no no, no 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 not at all no that type of stuff doesn't ruin these things for me uh, i mean i any kind of like you know uh, experienced art i think to me like for me it's it's way more about like the feeling that it brings you um, you know, like the, the, the emotion that it evokes or whatever. It's like, you know, you can get some people who are like, you know, filmmakers and stuff and like the, they'll, you know, whether they're script writers, you know, or DPs, whatever, they might watch something and, and they just pick it apart because all they see it is through those eyes. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I've, I've dabbled in it myself or whatever, and I've made a, you know, a few films and stuff like that as well, whatever. And I, I kind of get some of that, but at the same token, I've just, you know, I, I've grown up as more, you know, the 99% of my life though has been as a viewer you know, just as a spectator and stuff, so I still see it that way. And um, it's, it's it's the same thing with, like, music and stuff, you know? Like, you can play certain things for musicians and stuff, whatever, and they'll pick it apart by, you know, how technical it is or something like that, whatever. It's like, uh, and for me, I'm always just... Like, um, there's this band called Death, you know, Death Thrash Metal Band, you know, from, you know, started in the 80s, went on through the 90s and stuff. And it's like you have two camps with this band, basically, or whatever. It's like you've got first three albums or everything that came past that, or, um, you know, some people just like it all. But... Um, it, it, the first three albums are essentially just thrash albums, okay. and those are my favorite. I don't really like anything that comes past those or whatever. And you know, people that I talk to who are musicians, um, they'll just be like, "It's just like, yeah, well, just, they're just they're basic thrash albums, you know, they're whatever and stuff." And I'll just be like, "Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't mean they're bad. It just means you know, I just I, I like them more just because that's the emotion that it evokes in me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just I, that's what I want out of it and stuff. Whatever. Like, I'm not going to deny that the, the the remaining albums aren't like you know super talented and great, but like I just they don't do anything for me. You know? Okay, like, that's fair. W- with anything, it's just you know you either like it or you don't. I mean, that's what it yeah, comes down to. Yeah, just I'm just trying to think of another film that has as much meddling that like I feel like like what I, I'm paying this film a compliment in the sense that I, I'm not saying like I mean you you like this movie a great deal I I liked it watching it um it, I'm not saying that it is the greatest like horror film but I like that it treats it very seriously like the first movie but it's not the first movie mm-hmm. like I appreciate that even with the meddling at the ending and having to have an exorcism in the movie even with that it was still different enough and, and the resolution with uh, Kinderman's character of how he kind of kind of stops it all is kind of a really dark, messed up idea. And I, and I, I dig that, too. It's just that just knowing that they, I'm, I'm just trying to think of another film where they, they've changed significant portions and it still kind of stuck the landing. And I feel like this one did. But there is some there is some suspension of disbelief because there is a character, Father Morning, who they have a discussion about in the middle of the movie. There's one vignette with him, like a little yeah. scene with the cross that starts bleeding like through the eyes. And then he just shows up at the end like a superhero to challenge right. the demon. And it's like, and I feel like that was there because you had to have an exorcism. The studio gave more money, whatever. And I'm not saying that character's bad. It's just, I feel like it, once you once you see that, the emperor has no clothes, and it's hard to kind of unsee sure. that part of it. That was the one thing that you mentioned um, 
you know, before we, we started talking about this, that, that like I definitely was like, yeah, no, okay, I can see that now, you know, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it'll still ruin it for me next time I go to watch the movie. I mean, well, know, no, no, I mean, like, yeah, no, it definitely that, that is definitely a disjointed part of the film. Um, I mean, I wouldn't trade those scenes for the world. The part where he's like up on the ceiling and peels his face off the, you know, yeah, like, that does a very fantastic. Clive Barker moment. It's hilarious. Just, yeah, it's <laughs> ugh, you know, well, especially when the demon's like, you'll lose. It's like not only does he lose, he loses. Big he time. loses big. Yeah, it's like like George C. Scott comes walking in and there's a Bible smoking on the ground. It's like, oh, okay, so well, someone learned some new moves in the in between movies. You know, it's like it's done. Like he used his super on him and it was done. Um, and like in the iconography of when like the pit opens in the in the, the mm. asylum cell and you see all the hands reaching up and then that really uncomfortable crucifixion that's there with the child. Oh yeah. And that's like very haunting imagery, you know? And oh, it's yeah. like, and I, and I think that adds to the movie. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I, and I don't necessarily needed this. I didn't need this film to be like a straight ahead, like, Oh, well I figured out the crimes because in the, even the original book Legion, uh, Kinderman figures out that this person, this asylum, um, is the body of Father Karras, the guy who plummeted out of the window in the first movie, but he's inhabited by the soul of the Gemini killer. Mm-hmm. And he's somehow able to like astral project himself out into others to still do killings. That's all the same thing in the movie, which by the way, spoiler, sorry. Mm. Um, so, but the fact that like I, there was no exorcism, it was more like Kinderman came to the realization of what was going on and no one would believe him. So he just straight up shot him. And that's supposed to be like, you know, this is taking him out, removing the scenario, all that. I think he shot him or. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what that's what happened in the movie. I, in the book. I, I didn't read the book. I kind of read. The I book. haven't either. But I, yeah. I think I read though that like in, in the book or whatever. He just the, the, the exorcism is not even a part of it. Yeah. It's, it's just he just blows him away. Like, yeah. Um, it's even more grim. I mean, you know, honestly, whatever you take that element out. Yeah. Because he's shooting a patient in an asylum that no one's going to believe is doing these things. And it's like. He know and that's kind of one of those moments where you know your career's over. Like you're yeah. like, I just shot an asylum patient, and I can't because I think the I think there was a soul of a of a serial killer in him. All right, sir, I'll have to have your gun and badge. You know that's yeah. what that feels like to me. Um, and in this movie, what what I think his power, I think the power breaks in the exorcism sequence. Whenever he straight up just acknowledges, he's like, I know what evil is. I know what pain and death is. And because he says it straight on to the Gemini killer. Like, it's like, there's no power over him anymore. Like, what can he do to scare him further mm-hmm. when he's seen all these bad things happen to kids and all these innocent victims? I To me, it felt like you can't bring anything to me that I've not already brought on myself. So you have no power over me. It's 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 almost like the anti-light. It's kind of like, it's like, you know, almost like, like he's not using the power of Christ. He's not using the power of the devil. He's using like the power of reality mm-hmm. just to kind of drop down and be like, we're done here. And that, it happens so fast that, like it took it, it's I really really dig that I like oh, yeah. that a lot yeah and the monologue is amazing yeah it's good I, you know? kind of a monologue but yeah whatever you know it's just George C. Scott thrown against a ceiling which you know he has the most expressive one eye that of any of any like actor where it's like you can just tell like he's like oh he's he's George C. Scott in you right now watch out he's about to yell at you or something <laughs> he was really good in this I liked even though he still did like those moments of this like sudden rage but. Oh, who, who else do you need yelling at you than George C. Scott? You yeah. know, I, I dug it. Like when the one hospital administrator is kind of like talking to like, why do we, like, why are you bringing people in to investigate? You know, it's like, cause he thinks this killer is back and he's going to give you three reasons why. And then when he tells you, you shut up and listen to him, mm-hmm. you know? And it was a really good scene. Um, yeah, it just, I don't know. Like this movie, it also was kind of interesting. Cause I was reading about, uh, William Peter, uh, Blatty, Blady, 
um, Whitefield, whatever. whatever. Um, <laughs> this was he only directed two movies. Uh, this one and one in the 80s called The Ninth Configuration, hmm. which I started reading about that. That sounds crazy, but it actually was nominated for awards and stuff. Huh. And But people kind of were reviewing it at the time saying he doesn't understand like a lot of the modern tenets of filmmaking, so there's a weird breakneck like kind of feel, pace, like energy to this. I would argue some of that comes into this film too because some of the pacing of the scene, some of them are odd. Um, it's very disconcerting and some of his dialogue notes, like it's just very, just it kind of, it's a very odd feeling film. Yeah. You know? No, it is. I, that's one of the things that's again, one of the things I loved about it though, too. I mean, yeah. just, I, I love the flow of it. Um, and again, like it gets broken up by that, that one scene, the hallway scene, whatever, which I think, God, yeah. what did I read? Is that like, like 10 minutes long or something? It's like, like five to six minutes long. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it's just like you have that whole teaser that just goes on and on and on and on or whatever. And finally it's just like, you know, it just, it pops like we we should I, yeah let's talk about that a little further because okay. uh i um i sat down to watch these movies for the month uh mary like she'll sit there and watch it with me because she likes horror movies and everything and she you know wants to watch them before we talk about them all that uh and generally when it comes to sequel she's like well i haven't seen the first one or whatever and i'm like you don't need to see like no. she's seen the exorcist but it's like you don't need to know but like you just need to watch this movie i told her i was like please sit down with me and watch the most like like the best like like um single jump scare like I yeah can think it's, of. it's cited over and over again as like one of the scariest scenes of all time and the thing is though my body language i kept tightening up on the couch as i was watching that scene because i didn't know i knew it was going to happen i didn't know when because it's been first since i've seen the movie mm-hmm. so when it happened i looked at her i was like so what'd you think she's like i could tell by you just kind of twisting up that something bad was going to happen i'm like damn it like so i was really hoping i could drop like that bomb on her of like watch this and she was like, yeah, well, yeah. She's like, it was good. And I'm like, it's not just good. It's really scary. Yeah. You know, like the, um, I, I had the, uh, the good fortune the first time that I saw it actually, um, used to get together with these friends of mine, uh, back home in Indiana. And like, uh, we would just like, you know, watch movies in their movie room upstairs and stuff all the time. And like, you know, we just marathon stuff, whatever, real late into the evening. And, um, I, we were watching, this was like the last of several films. And, uh, I was already like falling asleep on the couch and stuff, whatever, as, as they started Exorcist three, I remember seeing the, the opening parts, whatever they talk about the murder of the black child and stuff. And that was like, you know, really horrible stuff to fall asleep to. But, uh, <laughs> uh did you dream of Patrick Ewing as an angel? Is no, that, is that- <laughs> uh, but, um, I, I, I can't remember exactly where I drifted off, but I remember waking up during that scene, and it's like I, I like um, it was, and it was like for I don't know what it was that woke me up because it was a quiet. It's a very quiet scene, you know, yeah. leading up, and um, I'm I'm waking up and I'm just kind of like in that twilight area where I was just kind of drifting up on and off, whatever for a minute, or whatever, and I'm just kind of looking and I'm just sort of like. I'm not even sure if I'm actually awake now because this is a really weird scene in a film because you're just looking at a long shot down a hallway and stuff or whatever and it's uh it's a wide shot. It's, and, yeah, uh, it's and, it's a very like well not deep shot but it goes down the hallway and it's very mundane because you see the cop come in and they get called away and yeah. then one nurse is working at her station in the background and the nurse is investigating the foreground for a minute. There is a bit of a jump scare when she goes into yeah, knock on the we'll one do door. The other patient. And that might have been where you woke up because he the, the doctor Maybe. yelled at her. Yeah, because I don't remember that from the first time. That's yeah. probably what woke me up. Um and then it just kind of goes back to being, you know, mundane and boring there for yeah. a little while. And uh again I'm like I'm like almost starting to, to drift off just a little bit and then I'm starting to fall asleep and the next thing you know just it just bam. It yeah. happens, whatever, and it's just like I just I, I my blood nearly froze. It was just it was insane. Like and like I was just kind of like what what are we watching again? Like, 
<laughs> everyone's laughing at me and I'm just kind of like, oh my God. Yeah, that was just. Well, because it's a sudden shift because she is like finally calmed down. She turns to the left. Right. Which She's walking supposed, in a regular. It's supposed to be disarming for the audience yeah. too. And then this figure rushes out with that that head snipper, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, which by the way, side note, if you're a cop and you're in the morgue and you see that there's a new head snipper in the morgue and it has a label on it because you lost the old one. Did you bother asking what happened to the old one? Because that, like, that's what happens. He's like, oh, there's a tag on that. And they're like, yeah. He's like, is that new? They're like, yeah. He's like, is it a replacement? They're like, yeah. Your next End question scene. is, <laughs> your next question is, what happened to the other ones? Right. And they never asked that question. This isn't Home Depot. It isn't like, I'm sorry, we misplaced the clippers. It's like, no, that's a large device that they show down there. Like, right. oh, they're like, you just got to open it. It does it all on its own. It's like. Okay, well, that's Chekhov's head snipper. Really easy to decapitate yeah. people with this. <laughs> so then when Don't that figure rushes, it's not even rush, it's like a quick gate right behind them with the thing right at their neck, ah. and that sudden, that, that loud music beat, which, by the way, if, if you're paying attention, ends immediately with that scene. Like, it doesn't even fade, it doesn't drop, it just stops with the edit, and, and then the next the next scene starts. So creepy. So I, it's very like, it, it's almost like you're watching a different film immediately right after. That's one and, of those scenes that I, I've always tried to go back and freeze frame and like play in slow-mo and I never have. Uh, I'm not watching it while we're talking right now because I don't want to, I'll be too scared. <laughs> oh, I, I'm always trying to remember what exactly that is. I remember at first thinking it was a nun or something, whatever, because like, you don't really was, see a face, was, right? Yeah, like, it was dressed in something in white. Um, I think it was the one doctor that was addicted to drugs. I think he was the one that got possessed by uh, Gemini, um, the one that was kind of helping temples uh, are you talking about the one that because they immediately go find him and he's overdosed so i scott, think uh, scott wilson played him dr temple he was the uh the, yeah basically he ran the the the, the asylum part i think it. he i think it was him i think it was or if it wasn't him it was the old lady again but i yeah, think that, it was, that, that's what i yeah. thought it was at one point which that too like uh using her as a vessel is dark oh yeah and it's like and so i i remembered that scene that scared me and then um you know when she shows up at the house of George C. Scott's uh, character and how she's just like, is it, is it nap time yet or whatever she says? And then immediately she gets re gets repossessed, no yeah. pun intended. And she pulls that thing out again. And there's that quick shot of her right. going <laughs> after his daughter's neck. That's a really quick cut. No pun intended there as well. Right. That's also very unnerving. Cause it's like, it's like you almost see the blade want to close right by her neck. And it, it probably doesn't, but that's what my, what my mind saw, and it was really screwed up. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's like the the, the meat hook in the back scene, the first Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. Your, your mind tells you that you've seen it, but you you know you didn't. But I I, I remember that being really unnerving too. Like when I first saw it, whatever but on repeated viewings, whatever, it just makes me laugh every time. It's it's the look on his daughter's face. No, that's that's <laughs> fair. You know, uh, it's just man, like it was. I, I could see where. Like with this movie existing, that that I know this came out in '90, uh, mm -hmm. which is the same time the X Files came out. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they're like, "Hey, we can make a bunch of these." That's what the like, and it feels like it's a good, you know, it, 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 that's this was the good they foundation tried. for that. You know, yeah, I like the X Files. I they, there's some bad ones, you know, but uh, but yeah, just there was it, for for a guy who wrote one of the scariest books of all time that became one of the scariest films of all time. Cause I've read the exorcist book. It's actually pretty good. It's also very straightforward again, like the movie. So it's very, um, you, it's very matter of fact. So that was way more terrifying to me than like a bunch of purple prose, you know, like my, my dad always said the same thing. And, uh, I, I've never read it, but, um, I remember my dad telling me about it and he got really spooked out because, uh, my dad actually is, he's, he's, you know, he's a man of faith, not like a man of the cloth, but I mean, you know, he just, he observes and like, uh, he, he always has, he's, you know, never had a moment of doubt, I guess. And like, uh, he, uh, when he was reading it one night, 
he like recounts there's this uh, part where like she d- you said you've read the book right yes um there's a part where like she like like spits or something in the priest's eyes or something right or something, something it's been years and i know well in the book it was a boy i know that too they switched that for the movie okay um but it was this very like again like there was graphic things there and then then you you think the movie is graphic the book was pretty pretty graphic as right. well um so yeah it's very very uncomfortable and it was it was a good book you know um so it's it's interesting this guy who provided that and then had the opportunity to make this film which he wanted Friedkin to direct it as well right. but then he lost interest and says like I'll go ahead and do it myself then it it's just for a film that is uneven at times I just feel like just because of the way the edits are and the way he kind of shoots it it's a little uneven you you could tell me I'm wrong no no um, uh, I was gonna say did did you know that originally the uh, there was a point where John Carpenter was. Yes, about to maybe direct this. But yeah, he, and it, that would have been. I, that, I don't at know. That time at that time with Carpenter, I don't know. You know, like what was Carp- I feel? What was Carpenter doing in ninety again? If you would have given me right before Prince of Darkness, Carpenter directing an right. extras film, where oh yeah, because Prince of Darkness. That's a, I guess this is a good analog to this because Prince of Darkness. I, again, I I love that movie. Yeah, it it way. has it has its problems. I mean, and you that's my hot take. It has problems. It's problematic. Yeah, and uh, but it has that same type of permeating, like like the, the intro sequence of that. How the credits go on for like what fifteen minutes or something in Prince of Darkness. It's like a scene, one credit, a scene, one credit. Yeah, it's very odd, you know. And I feel like maybe, yeah, maybe these those two kind of go together a little bit. That one's more overtly supernatural through mm-hmm. most of it, while this right. one kind of kind of hints and then it goes full tilt in the last third, right? Um, I mean, if, I guess. Those are, I guess, Carpenter directing this would have been, that would have been interesting. I don't know. I, I don't disagree with the like, the look of this because I feel like this wouldn't, Carpenter has a feel no matter what his films are. Correct. And and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just that you could see a Carpenter film just, you know, just by watching however it is, you know, and uh, I don't know if that would have served this better. I, I just feel like, you know, the soundtrack would have been crazy. <laughs> I can tell you that. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, Carpenter always says that all of his movies are westerns and stuff, and I think you mm-hmm. can kind of almost throw this in there, whatever, a little bit with George C. E. Scott and stuff. You know, I mean, like you know, his character's kind of like at all odds with. Well, he's also kind of like that guy that's like at the end, and people aren't taking him as seriously, and he's right. trying to convince everybody the threat is real, and no one's listening to him. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, I just and and I and we can skip right over like Brad Dourif, like the times he's in the movie, he's amazing, he's magnetic, yeah. and it's just somehow there's a trick. It's my favorite the, performance of it, it is. Oh, it, it's he's really good at it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Graveyard Shift is pretty good. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's but, he, yeah. really he's fantastic in that too. But yeah. Um, but there's a bit where it goes from when you see Father Karras is the patient in the asylum, and it's actually the, the original actor that played Father Karras. And then there's Jason a tra- Miller. Jason Miller, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and then it transitions like it just switches to showing Brad Dourif, and you get the idea that this thing showing his true face to. Uh, you know, uh, Kinderman, um, and it's just and they just let him run, and then eventually it switches back to uh, the other actor, and it's it's interesting. That was the other part where I woke up to my first viewing of it, and like I remember that being just really unnerving too. The way his uh, uh, the pitch in his voice changes over yes. and over like that. That's a great effect and, that they do in there. Like, and that's something that you don't think about necessarily while you're watching it, but after it's very yeah because they wanted that to match similar to the way 
it sounded coming out of Reagan's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and they, they nailed it. Cause like just something is wrong there. And, um, uh, El Goro of Talk Without Rhythm, which he's covering this film on his next episode that he's doing. He's going to have a way more intelligent conversation about it than, than we are. I think we're doing pretty good, but he he's the man. He had just recently uh, talked about Session 9 and how the audio mm. design there Ooh. is amazing. Yeah. It is. Session nine's awesome, but the way the voice warbles back and forth and drifts in and yeah. kind of goes through all these different connotations, you that stuff like that will always stick in my brain more than a visual because yeah I don't, I don't know what it is but that always kind of leaves it know. more to the imagination yeah uh, that, that that's a movie that's always going to be creepy I mean there's not going to be any kind of like technological advances you know in effects or anything like that that's going to make that movie um, obsolete you know what I'm saying like yeah. I mean, it's, it's always going to be a creepy film yeah and so with Brad Dourif's just like talking and taunting and explaining and I also part of me also kind of respects that since uh, Karis was pretty much brain dead whenever he st- it took over the body and it took him 15 years to kind of hardwire it back yeah I kind of respect like there, there's a weird kind of basis in science where it takes time to do the work it wasn't like oh i'm a demon in a body or whatever like, yeah. like i kind of like that it had it had to wait and it was torturing it was torture to itself just to try to get this body back to where it could right. actually function again there's something inherently like biological about that that i kind of respect that the film did that a little bit uh so it's so it has kind of a groundings in reality kind of not really because like the guy had no brain activity left and he had to take 15 years to regenerate enough at you know whatever connections to be able to then astral project himself into other people, which I need that kind of brain power. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like this is a good movie. It's just, once you read about it, I think, I think it makes me appreciate more what actually showed up because this could have been a shit show and it could have fallen apart. Yeah. Um, it could have been a train wreck. It's not, it's not the most complete film. Uh, and you could disagree with me on that because uh, I feel not, like not, not totally. I, I I feel like there's times where it's like you you didn't really spend enough time with his family to really care about what was going on there. Um, I wish they would have incorporated Father Morning earlier into the movie if you're going to add him at the last minute. Yeah, give him a reason to be there as opposed to being super priest to show up at the end. Um, you know, something have, have him have some type of conversation with Kinderman yeah, at some point in the movie. That character does seem kind of wasted. I mean, like, cause he just, I don't know. He, he, he basically just gets, you know, defeated pretty quick. I mean, I mean, and they set him up saying that he survived an exorcism, but it made his hair turn white. So he's supposed to have seen, stuff you know he's supposed to see some shit and he's bleach blonde if you're watching it yeah <laughs> they should have got neil mcdonough and just like made him all blonde you know <laughs> he's probably too young for that but um yeah it just it like i in father morning could have been an interesting character that they could have brought in alongside all this um but they they felt a little wasted like if you're going to go back and re-engineer the movie to get to an exorcism then then put the trail out there a little further into the movie bef- right before they did. You know, that's my opinion. Sure. Um, maybe that's my modern sensibilities, but it still feels like there's kind of like here, here's him into the movie now, you know? Yeah. Um, kind of like, uh, Oh, what was that? Uh, that movie in the eighties where they just kept sticking Eddie Murphy in different scenes to say he was in it. Oh, it was, it was something that it was a kind of a serious drama war comedy kind of thing, but then they just kept putting Eddie Murphy in just because he was a top bill. Uh, I forget what was the name of that movie. Anyway, he has scenes unrelated to anybody else in the film, but it's Eddie Murphy in there. Huh. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to find that. Um, that's neither here nor there. Okay. Um, yeah, it's. It, I'm glad that I watched this. I also feel like this is kind of a nice culmination of uh, the four movies I watched where you had Return of the Living Dead Part 2, which had a director that didn't want to make 
a Return of the Living Dead movie, but they they forced him to, and he <laughs> then got typecast into directing just horror films, which he did not want to do. Uh, but he still kind of did after that. It was super fun. It is fun, but yeah. it, it it doesn't it. It's it's the same story as the first one, pretty much, with the with the exception of they figured out a way to kill the zombies, right? More or less, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the, the repeat actors and stuff as well. And then uh, you have uh, the second film we watched, which was Texas Chainsaw Two, which had a director that didn't want to make the same movie, but Cannon wanted a horror film. He wanted to make a black comedy, and it's just like that. I don't know if that's really a case of peanut butter and chocolate to getting together, but it was definitely something yeah. different. And then you had uh, Halloween three, which had a director that didn't want to make the same movie again. But the studio's like, we got to have a Halloween film. So he's like, what about this one? And it's like, and then we get to Exorcist three, which is, I don't want to make an Exorcist film. We're giving you that title whether you like it or not. Well, okay, fine. Now you're gonna have an Exorcism in it. So I feel it's interesting that these are all to me were considered underrated, quote unquote, in the sense of like the average horror viewer, right? And they've all been kind of kind of forced upon and meddled with from what the people originally wanted to do. Well, we, we, we were having this conversation before we, we talked about doing, you know, the show and stuff like that, about like, you know, what exactly like constitutes for underrated. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, you know, is it, you know, something that, you know, was just, you know, flopped at the box office when it originally came out and stuff. And, you know, like myself, I mean, like to me, like if it, if it has, if it's got a digital release and it's got a fan base now, it's, I don't, I don't always consider it underrated, that, but, uh, that's fair. uh, cause I mean, there's, so, there, to me that there's stuff out there that's just like, it's never ever like, it, it's never gone past VHS. Like, like, um, the one I was talking, another one I proposed to whatever was the, the, the gate two, the sequel yeah. to the gate. Um, that's, that's never been on anything but VHS to the best of my knowledge. Um, and I, I think it's a great sequel. Um, it's, it's, it, it's a movie with lots of faults, but still like, uh, I'm, it's not the worst sequel you've ever seen, <laughs> like by far. Um, but it's just, I don't know. Um, but I mean, like to, you know, to a general audience, it's not like, you know, in a, in a role like niche crowd, like, yeah, I mean, you could still consider these stuff, these things in there. Um, uh, I was going to say like, you know, Amityville two, the possession is another one. Uh, okay. and I don't think it's, you know, basically to me, if scream factory hasn't gotten to it yet or whatever, it's, uh, it's, it's still very underrated. Okay. You know, th- there, there is a great like scream factory release for exorcist three. Um, so it's kind of treading treading the line there a little bit, whatever. But uh, well, I, yeah, I guess my 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 standpoint on this is, I mean, Return of Living Dead. I feel like that if you don't watch horror movies, maybe that's not something you've really con- gone to. I mean, people sure. know you know Night of the Living Dead, all that, but Return of the Living Dead's more tongue in cheek mm-hmm. and then poked right through the cheek because that's what they do. Um, yeah. And so that one may not be as well known, but then you get to. Uh, Texas Chainsaw, people know that first movie. Right. You know, like anybody you ask them, they know they know Leatherface. And then when you get to Halloween, when at work when I mentioned I was watching three, they're like, everyone's like, I don't think I've seen that one. And I'm like, there's a reason. Like people kind of blind spotted that one. And then with this, the Exorcist Three, people know the Exorcist. And and I think maybe because two fell so flat that this has kind of not been as given like there's not people don't talk about the Exorcist trilogy you know that's it you know right. so I feel like this is underrated in the sense do, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I feel like for the most part there's these big pillars but these aren't really talked about as much mm-hmm. you know and and I feel like there are film series that people do reach into the later uh, sequels that um, they talk about those more you know so that's that's kind of where I was coming from with this I think what you're saying is completely I think that's more accurate. Um, I just feel like from a drive-by horror movie fan, these are the ones that like, hey, give it a chance, you know, like especially this one. Like if you want a serious take on procedural horror, 
like with you know, I guess procedural horror is that really a thing? I don't know if that is a thing. Um, it is now. It is now. <laughs> you know, it's it's worth the watch. It's worth you know, George C. Scott. He's great in it, and it's and I don't feel like there's a lot of bigger budget horror movies now that um, there's comedy in this, but it's not like winking comedy. It's more like dialogue between the characters. They're like the two, the yeah. priest and him, they kind of give each other shit and it's funny. He has, he brings a puffin to him like in the hospital. It's like, it's like, where'd you find that? He's like, it was outside by the trash. I thought you'd like it. Like yeah, this kind of like, be appropriate. Yeah. Right. Like, so like st- stuff like that's funny, but it isn't winking at you. Uh, and it's a very serious take where I feel like a lot of films now, they have to have this kind of like little bit of irony in it. And I don't mm. need that. You know, it has to wink at you every a little bit, too, you know, yeah. and, this it's like it doesn't you know and right. and that's refreshing so yeah i think it's worth the watch so yeah uh extras three uh in in, in movie theaters now probably no they're not in movie theaters <laughs> um, i bought my copy of the exchange i didn't i didn't go get it illegally um it was four dollars there's no reason why you can't go find a copy of it's this and watch in it every single like I, I don't think i've never found that movie like in a, in a secondhand shop honestly it was funny because when i went to go buy halloween three i was like do you guys have extras three and he goes, he's like yeah and i'm like where he's like, let me check the back. And it was just in yeah. the back with stuff. So um, I guess I got lucky. But I, I guess there's a re-release on the Blu-ray that has um, more information about the missing uh, the the missing footage, the original cut. And I, I guess there is more of, there, there's supposed to be a cut put together that's more closer to what uh, Blatty, Blady, Blatfield wanted. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Supposedly, a cut does not exist. Uh, from what I, from what I've been, so what they, I've been they've reading, had, they've had video dailies and they've recreated some stuff. They're trying. I, I feel from the from what I've read, it's kind of like what they did with Fincher's assembly cut of Alien Three, where they found bits and pieces and have forced them back together to show you what the intent was. What what it, I mean, what it makes me think of is because uh, again, it was like Morgan Creek, um, uh, the the same type that type of thing that happened with uh, Nightbreed. Um, with okay. like a ball cut and stuff, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when that came out, whatever, everyone was just like, you know, boom, Morgan Creek. Everyone was just pissed off at them and stuff, and like thinking it was just it's it's their fault that like they just they have all this stuff, but they're not going to let it out of the vault. And um, I actually remember um, there, there was this. Uh, they had like a, a presentation of it. I, I traveled to Chicago to go see it, whatever, and they showed. They're like, we have the Cabal cut of Nightbreed. And what it is is, you know, it's it's the the DVD release of Nightbreed, and they've uh, they found all these original elements, whatever, that are like horrible like fifth generation vhs versions Ugh. and they've like edited it back in and it's it's, it's fine to watch that okay. if that's all that exists you know i'll take that, that yeah but that's fair what it ended up actually being i um uh, you know the guy that was you know at the helm of all this I, I can't remember his name at the moment whatever but uh he uh you know he was you know did a whole like you know kind of like uh q a before the movie started and he was just kind of like you know don't blame morgan creek they're, they're the good guys here they actually want this to happen and stuff it's just a matter of like a way of like finding the real elements here because the only reason we have these is because of the fact that Clive Barker, uh, I guess he must've been living in the same place for a long time because he like, uh, actually found it was like a, like a work print of the movie on a, a VHS that he found like while he was moving furniture. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's how they were able to but find they didn't tell you it was, scenes. it was a human skin furniture right? that had like, <laughs> like covered in teeth and I don't know. And somehow it was sexual. I don't know. That's, that's a Clive Barker right. couch. 
But I, I guess there. I, I I guess what I was reading is that the, I this is like the, the most updated thing I had read or whatever was this, that uh, like Blatty said that there is no like work print even at all whatever. Like, no, they said they lost a lot of that. But yeah. I, but I guess on this new release, which I have not seen, they've found something, and I, I I'm interested to see what that something is. Uh, but yeah, anyway, the way it is, the the way it has been presented is perfectly fine and serviceable. It's worth watching. It has one of the the scariest goddamn jump scares yeah. ever, and. Uh, I'm I'm not one for always having jump scares and everything, but if you give me one good one that catches me off guard in a film, like in a horror film, yeah, that's good. I don't need seven of them, but one really good one that will get me, and I will tip my hat to you. And this is this one has one of the best. So I know we talked about it a lot, but I still think it's going to prepare you for seeing it if you don't know it's coming. Like you're going to be, like, this is the scene. It's like, has it happened yet? No, and then it will come out of nowhere, yeah. and you'll wet yourself. That's what's going to happen. So anyway. Um, that that's I mean unless you have anything else you want to say about Exorcist three I think we did I think we did a pretty good job of t- talking about the film and, and it's, it's a miracle the film got made in general I think after after the heretic you know the way people <laughs> felt about it yeah absolutely Cri- critics and fans alike I mean like just people just hated that film I actually don't hate it uh, I thought it was an okay movie I just all I, I remember once, but. I just remember uh, uh, what was it um, Darth Vader in it and. <laughs> He spit some kind of red ball out. That's all I remember in that movie is something like weird vision questy thing or something. It, it is a pretty forgettable film, I will say. Whatever. The, the, my favorite part is just you know where the priest steps on the spikes and you see him go through his foot. I mean that's hilarious. But <laughs> I, I might have to watch that now. But uh, oh. I, I'm so distraught that I knocked stuff over here. <laughs> oh no, that's some bad radio. All right, that, oh, that yeah. that's to, that's. I'm going to let you guys know. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, you were going to say no, 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 no. I, no. I, I was like, I'm getting excited for this part. Yeah, so <laughs> we're going to ta- uh, stop talking about Exodus three, and then we're going to go on some fun here. Uh, just real quick, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, we have a website, invasionthepodcast.com. Um, I am blogging uh, on there, um, like because I'm, I guess I'm a blogger now. I don't know, um, and I'm going through the year of the Western. I am doing it. I'm eight films in. Check out what I had to say about Shane and the 1966. Italian Western, The Hills Run Red, which was badass. You can find that on the blog. It's also linked through our Facebook page as well. Um, you can find it out there. I, we're on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play. You can, if you wherever you get your podcast, if you'd like to rate and review us, that'd be greatly appreciated. And enough about shilling. Let's just get to the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> So uh, to, to end this wonderful month of uh, sequel spooktober or whatever we were calling it, uh, I decided just to go ahead and bust out the nacho hat, which we do on the show often. And I wrote 32 different monsters in here of various sorts. And I'm going to have James pull out two at a time, and he's going to tell me who's going to win. And we're going to eventually work this down to one. Right? You're supposed to get so two in one hand? Just, you can just pick out two and just tell me who you have, and then we'll, we'll determine who, who would win that, that round. And we're going to put the winners somewhere, and we'll keep going until we get to one. So... If you, if we don't have to talk about these long. If it's just like immediately, like you think this person's going to win, tell me why. Like, so who do we have here? We have uh, Stripe from Gremlins versus David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> so, David S. Pumpkins, which I did not know 
that my wife was going to show you that skit before we started recording. <laughs> I'm super glad she did because I was like, because you're like, what is this? I'm like, oh, that would have felt really bad to be like, it's a Tom Hanks character on SNL. Yeah. Like, so no, I, I've only ever seen that, like just that little 10 second clip that goes around every every year on Facebook. But so who would win, Stripe or David, David S. Pumpkins? David S. Pumpkins. David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because like, you know, he just, he, he's so relentless in the skit and he just pops up no matter what. So. That's true. And um, I'm sure he can go in existing in daylight. So we don't need, uh, we he's don't need Stripe. On how many floors of 100? <laughs> yes. Yeah, 74 or whatever. Right. Um, and yeah, also, but I've said this on the show before, Gremlins is one of those films that scared me as a kid and I had to leave the theater So because I'm a wuss. I really don't remember the first one, honestly. Oh, it, was, I mean, it terrified me as a kid. I, I, I saw the, se- the second one in, in theaters as a kid. I don't know. I was born in 85, so I mean, when, when did the first one come out? Um, like 84, I think, something yeah, like that. So yeah, I would not have seen yeah. it in theaters. I was six and I was terrified. Yeah. I had to go sit in the car with my mom for the rest of the movie. <laughs> uh, and that's not, it's not a scary movie, but I think it's just the way that the, the Gremlins acted normally, like when they were like going through the kitchen everything something about the fact that the one was just kind of eating peanut butter minding his own business terrified me more than an actual monster because it's like it just exists and it <laughs> terrified me i don't know what it is all right so who else we got here all right two more we should have waiting music playing while we're doing yes yeah. okay oh the merman from cabin in the woods yeah, the merman. We got to get the merman that killed uh, uh, was a uh, Bradley Whitfield. I'm just gonna call the merman right now. You know, I, I just think it would have been cool with the merman. <laughs> I figure you appreciate the randomness of the monsters I put in here. Right, right. Satanico Pandemonium from uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Who who was that? That was Selma Hayek's character. She oh. was the one. I didn't realize what her name was, and uh, so she she's a vampire, yeah. but also becomes kind of like a snake lady kind of thing. Uh, she also dies real fast. Like all the vampires right. in that movie die real fast. Well, what was it in the third movie that they expand upon her character a bit more? Oh, uh, it's, it's I, almost Hangman's like a, daughter. I haven't seen that one. Isn't that who she is? I mean, that is. Yeah, you're right. That is her character. I think, yeah, it, it's been ages since I've seen it, but uh, I do remember liking that one. I thought the the second was, you know, crap, why do I? I know the na- Texas Blood Money is the second one. The third uh, one's the Hangman's daughter. Was it Robert? Was it Robert Patrick that was the central character? In I haven't movie? seen either one of those. I but that was the first time too that the idea of like immediate direct to video. Yeah. like follow-ups to those but no, yeah, i've heard sucked. the hang of his daughter is actually pretty good yeah it was I, um and it's 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 nothing great but i mean you know you're not expecting much when you go to see it too i mean like kind of yeah. like exorcist 3 really <laughs> i mean you're, 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 you're expecting to be let down or everything you're just kind of getting a chance just because of what it's involved with and then you're just like you're watching it. oh that wasn't that bad like um no so, i don't know I, it was pretty good uh okay let's see here who's gonna win i'm, I'm just gonna go with the merman the merman okay yeah i have i have the same enthusiasm that, <laughs> I, I love the cabin in the woods. It's just one of the, there's a handful of times where movies try to be super smart and kind of be clever, but that one every single time it just takes it and twists it just enough to make it so much fun. Oh, so. so much fun in the theaters. Oh, and that was another one too. My, my wife didn't know anything about it going on. I'm like, just please just watch this movie. <laughs> and it was way more rewarding. She I, never, she didn't even know, like speaking of from dust till dawn, I had her and her friend sit down once. She's like, they're like, pick a movie for us. And I'm like, okay. And I showed them that and they had never heard of it before. So they didn't know anything about the movie going in. The first one. Yeah. yeah. So the first half of it's just this crime film. Right. And then when it twists into vampire sex dinner, or whatever is going on with Danny Trejo, um, they're just like, what is going on? And I was just like clapping. I was so excited <sighs> to, to catch somebody with that twist without knowing it was wonderful i never even caught that twist because we had to leave the theater like uh during cheech marin's you know, oh whole thing yeah, yeah 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 for some reason it was a good idea to go see this with my mother and uh that kind of ruined it oh my mother's horrible <laughs> my mother's horribly offended by anything like that oh no. so bad and so like 
I don't remember, like, maybe just, I don't know, like, I guess it doesn't, you don't really, again, before social media, so you didn't hear a whole lot of, like, buzz about it, like, as far as, like, you know, having that kind of, like, language and whatever, that type of thing, but it was, like, me and my, uh, my cousin, my father and mother, and, like, uh, yeah, as soon as that scene came up. I mean, because there's other stuff that's, like, horribly suggestive before that. Yeah. And, like, that was really uncomfortable. I think I was probably, like, sixth grade when I, what was when did the movie come out? 96? Some, yeah, something like that, yeah. So I would have been about sixth grade, I think. And uh, I remember thinking it looked great. And, oh, we're going to go see it now. Well, I was, like, my, my dad my cousin and uh, his best friend from high school, whatever, all used to go see the horror movies together in the theaters. I always had to stay at home and, okay. you know, like, hang with mom and stuff. But, like, uh um, so, like, I was just now coming of age to, like, you know, where I was going to start joining them on these, you know, every time a new, like, you know, like, awesome horror movie comes And you out. didn't even get to the horror movie part of that movie? No, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, no, we didn't, because uh, my mother just got horribly pissed off, and, uh, like, uh, she just, and my my cousin, whatever, he, well, he he had a little bit of, uh, I was going to say, like, it suffers from a little bit of, um, like, mental illness and stuff. Or like, well, he's just, you know, not socially adept. And he, the whole time that Cheech is, you know, going yeah, on with this whole thing, yeah. whatever, like, he is just, ar, ar, <laughs> you're just just laughing his ass off and, and as I'm, well you should that's oh, a, <laughs> well right exactly and, and like my mother's just like digging her claws in my father's arm and stuff and so dad asked that you're just like oh, we're getting out of here now like you know like so no. every one of us you know we, we all get up and um Oh, he has to make the big, you know, like the big show of it, or whatever, and demand the money back and stuff at the, at the box office. And I'm like, that's funny. Come on well, now. <laughs> well, that's that's a bummer. You didn't get to see what happened after, but wow, you're right. That's yeah. that's definitely. No, I had to wait till it yeah. came out on video. No. <laughs> All right. So what have we got? Uh, first one here is uh, the Count from Sesame Street. Yeah, I had to get some vampires in there. <laughs> uh, versus the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth. Oh. The, the, you've not seen Pan's Labyrinth? Or no, I have. But It's uh, the guy with the pale man. Oh, has the oh, hands right, right. Over. It's Doug Jones. With you know, the, I, was, uh, I was thinking of the Labyrinth. Oh. <laughs> I was like, why don't I remember that character? Or if okay. you want to switch out for David Bowie from Labyrinth, it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Count. I favor the Count. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he knows what's up. Right. And someone that nice, you know, you know he has to be, he has to have dark moments. So let's pick us. Uh, so we got the right. Count. The Count moves on. Probably a sniper in Vietnam or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Four ears on my necklace. All right, that's 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 wrong. I shouldn't have said that. All right, all right. Let's go. What else? This. Yeah, we, I got a lot of these. I'm sorry. Because like, oh, no, <laughs> the next round you're gonna start making some hard decisions because you've picked some easy ones so far, and I got the. All right, Frankenberry versus Slimer from Go. Ooh. Two childhood favorites, uh, Slimer, yeah. Slimer from Ghostbusters. Okay. Uh, no, no, that's not my pick. I'm just. Uh, oh. I've got to think about it now. Whatever. Um. One had a cereal associated uh, with them, and one had an ecto cooler. No, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, Slimer didn't have his own cereal, but there were like what two different Ghostbuster cereals? I'm sure there was. <coughs> Which I remember being awesome. I mean, I was a little kid when those came out, but they were great. And he does, yeah, he does have ecto cooler, which is awesome too. But no, I, I, I'm just gonna go with Slimer just because he has, uh, I mean, more screen time, more of a character. There's, there's a character to base off of. I couldn't even tell you anything about what Frankenberry does where he comes from anything like that or <laughs> I, I haven't really dug into the, the the more of the general mill serial serial lore to know yeah. what happened to Frankenberry he's you know he's based off the Frankenstein monster he's got the hulking strength and stuff I assume uh you know but he's you know yeah he like, has adult onset diabetes Slimer's, from all eating all the cereal all right. the time just, <laughs> right and Slimer can move right through him and stuff and he's gonna do something now with him I'm sure so you know, all right so we'll very have matter of factly that's who's gonna win all right and who do we have next Uh, did I get more than two? There we go. Um, 
Freddy Skeleton from Dream Warriors. Well, that's an interesting pick. Um, See, I didn't want to go too powerful with Freddy, but Freddy's actual skeleton in Dream Warriors. Versus the dog that pissed on him. No. Um, <laughs> the Babadook. Uh, oh, good question. Oh, boy. That's a tough one, actually. Whatever. They're both supernatural characters that don't really have any kind of limitations physically, I suppose. Uh I guess one is more... Uh, well, one you can kill with holy water. I know that's what was the whole oh, thing, right? With yeah. Freddy Skeleton. It's just I don't think people give Freddy Skeleton enough credit. Because yeah. he, he showed up with bone fingers that were kind of like knives. He didn't have the glove, right. which makes you wonder how Freddy Krueger in real life was. Like, I don't understand how that works. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, with, with Freddy because, I mean... Uh, spoiler alert here I'm pretty sure like that the Babadook's not even supposed to be a real monster it's it's, <laughs> it's more, more like, of a manifestation. It's, it's an allegory yeah. yeah I mean essentially so uh, yeah I'll go with Freddy Skeleton on that one I just like saying Babadook that's, yeah. just, uh, that's a good movie too Baba got to see that in a theater that was a good one Same to see here. in a theater yeah uh, let's see Michael Jackson's werewolf from Thriller <laughs> which more looks Ooh. more like a large cat like right. as opposed to a werewolf see you next Wednesday uh, versus Michael Myers Mary had originally wrote down Mike Myers because I think I was making a joke about it and I just didn't know if you'd be like what like you mean the killer or you mean like the Austin Powers so I went Michael Myers Mike Myers and Austin Powers or so I married an axe murderer Mike Myers and the love guru (laughs) and and I I feel like I know I put some real uh, movie monsters in here so they already kind of have some uh, some perks I'm just gonna go with Michael Myers. It's not my favorite in the in the, in the match, but uh, I don't know. He's you know obviously pretty unstoppable. It seems they'll never stop making sequels. So yeah, there's that I, next I, one I coming. Thought, I thought that was gonna. I mean, and not to speak ill of the dead, but I thought that was gonna die with Mustafa Akkad. But uh, yeah, it's just here it keeps going. I, I'm actually excited for you know you know the new one with with John Carpenter's involvement and everything. But yeah. I don't know. I just I, I remember them talking when when Freddy versus Jason came out. I remember there was like a like a Fangoria article I read one time. Whatever they were talking about, the uh, the next one they're going to do is um, was going to be like, like Michael Myers versus Pinhead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the, the thing they were talking about was like, you know, isn't this you know what an amazing concept because it could potentially be like John Carpenter directing what Clive Barker writes and stuff like, and it, it, which sounded cool in theory and stuff, but it's just. Uh, uh, I remember, I, I think it was like they were talking about really doing it, and then and then like there was a, a follow up article where they or Mustafa Kai was like, no, no, we're not going to do that, no, no, no way. Like he was like, you know, we're we're just gonna, you know, there's there's no way this is going to work out. You know, this is this would be horrible and blah blah blah. It's like, you know, we're you know we're just going to keep doing the direction we've been going. It's like, you know, we're, we're slated to do Halloween 22, and even that one might have Buster Rhymes in it. I'm just like, no. <laughs> and then that uh, I don't yeah. know. Then then it was uh, what tragically killed in that was a terrorist bombing. I think something in like that. Spain. Yeah. Spain. Yeah, I didn't lose any sleep over it. I'd... Well, Bloomhouse kind of being behind the new one, like they they've had an uneven track record, but I feel like their hearts in the right place with this. I'd rather them take a, a swing at it than some other companies, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they, with having Carpenter involved in doing the soundtrack, like you know, did you hear that that uh, remixed uh, Halloween theme with uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus? Uh, no, Ross is that whatever, what. That you know his his collaborator he does with like the social network and everything soundtracks it is badass it's like eight minutes and it's very much like Carpenter at the beginning and then like the last two minutes like becomes very Nine Inch Nails with Halloween and it's awesome wow it was put out like uh, like a week or two ago it was really good um let's see here we have the Predator with motion poster I don't know yeah Phantom of the Paradise ah. 
tough question. <laughs> I know who my favorite is in this, but uh, we had not seen uh, my wife. And we're, I, we're talking about Winslow Leach, right? Uh, the the Phantom, like yeah, with yeah. the yeah, that was that his, that's his name. I just yeah, we had seen that for the first time last November, and that movie's awesome. Phantom oh. of the Paradise. That's a really that's good. The first movie. time you've seen it? Yeah, like wow. I, I didn't live in Winnipeg, so why would I have seen that movie? Did you ever hear that story that it was like the most popular film in Winnipeg? Like, no, I, I've heard it's actually it, it, really it made a profit super popular there. in Canada. Yeah, but like that one particular area made a bunch of money there and the, the film studio couldn't figure out why. But people love it. So they've had like reunions and things there. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's a fun movie. No, I remember um, I, I saw it in high school in like the late 90s and like uh, I remember seeing it thinking of myself. I'm just like, I was always a big fan of Rocky Horror and stuff too. And I was just kind of like, wow, this is, you know, reminds me of this, et cetera. And so like, I'm just like, but then I remember like hearing some people just be like, "Oh yeah, I've heard of that movie," and it's like, "Oh, it just—it's just you know ripping off Rocky Horror." And I'm looking and I'm just like, it, it, "The movie came out a year previous, actually." Like, oh, I mean, Grant, you've got the play and stuff, but yeah, still, I mean, I—it's, I, you know, it doesn't take away from Rocky Horror to me, but like at the same token, like I, to me, it's the superior film. I love that movie. I, I like it better than Rocky Horror because it's actually more of a complete film and right i honestly like a lot of the music in it better than i do rocky Horror, oh. but that's personal preference i know that's like god yeah heresy to say that no but, no you know. i mean you know paul williams is an amazing singer songwriter i've stopped dating people because like they don't get phantom of the paradise i'm just like no well no see yeah. ya. <laughs> you're not wearing the mask and you're not listening to the you don't like this movie yeah. sorry we're done yeah. yeah it's over all right um okay well uh I guess I'm gonna again like my favorite is the Phantom, but uh, I'm gonna go with the Predator. He's, yeah, uh, I don't know how well that would go. I don't know. They yeah. both die a lot. <laughs> it's true. When the Leech dies, like what? Like, I guess he doesn't die twice essentially, but I mean he he loses a lot. Yeah, he gets his revenge, but he dies. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. But, but speaking of Paul Williams, like you you need to see uh, um, Baby Driver. He has a brief moment in it. Really. I, it makes sense because that whole movie feels like one big musical, <laughs> like in the sense of like you'll see like there's there's music in every single part of that film, and when he shows up, like it like I watched the movie and then I, I saw the credits, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Paul Williams. It's like he has a really nice part in it, for a very short part, and it makes sense because I don't I think Edgar Wright probably loves Phantom of the Paradise, and you could tell because the way m- music permeates Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah, check it out. So. What do we have next? Last thing I've seen from Paul Williams, he uh, like had like didn't he have a bit part in was it Rules of Attraction? Maybe I haven't seen that. He was a doctor, I think. Somebody brought some dude into the hospital or something. Just rambling as I pick this up here. Let's see here. Audrey two, Little Shop of Horrors, the the plant. Oh, it's been so long since I've seen it. The talking plant that sure sure sure. (laughs) I've seen it, so I know who the characters, but um. Bub versus Bub from Dawn of the Dead. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's a tough question. One obviously has more wits, but is you know, basically one eats people and the other one eats brains. So I don't know. No, no, no. It's not Return of the Living Dead. He eats people too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm 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 gonna call like a stalemate on this one, honestly, or whatever. <laughs> They're just one's gonna wander around and not be able to do anything. He's not gonna eat the plant. It's a plant. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Stalemate. <laughs> Mistrial. Mistrial. Okay, well. <laughs> Mistrial. This is going to mess up the whole math here, so we'll have to we'll have to figure this out. So if there's another oh. if there's another stalemate pairing, we'll just uh, we'll kick them out too. Okay. But I like that's a that's a fair call. You're right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Horace Pinker from Shocker. Mitch Pelegi. I had yeah. to look up his name. He was great. Yeah. Versus Ned Flanders as the devil. <laughs> <laughs> 
from the Treehouse of Terror segment where Homer sells his soul for a, a donut. <laughs> Forbidden donut. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I don't know. That that one's... Uh, well, in Shocker, he was the, the prisoner killed in the electric chair that could go through cameras and electronics, right? right. So that's a fun movie. I he's, don't remember much. I remember liking that movie. I guess because of that, I'll call him the loser because he's a little limited. Yeah. Uh, as far as that goes, whatever. Whereas, you know, Ned Flanders is the devil. It's true. So, go with Ned Flanders in that one. Just wanted to give some love to the film Shocker. People forget about that one. Oh, I love that movie. I, that's another one I really want to get the re-release of. But did he say I'm prime time or whatever it was? Is he's like somehow ends up like in the TV station? It's like he been gets, forever yeah. since I've seen it. You know, actually, I don't even know if I've ever I've seen a like a like a release of the film. I think I watched it on like USA Up All Night or something like that as a kid. And like that's maybe the only time I've ever seen it. I, I recently I got it on DVD not too long ago, but I haven't rewatched it. Okay, uh, Leatherface. Leatherface versus. The Blob. <laughs> the Blob, I felt like it was a wild card because it's like, how do you fight the Blob and what the Blob just kind of just goes. Are we talking yeah. about 90s Blob? Yeah, probably 90s I'm gonna, Blob. Uh, I'm going to go with the Blob here because Leatherface <laughs> isn't going to be able to cut through this thing at all. It's, it's just going to take him over and absorb him. And He's just going to get angry and try to cut away at it. It's just going to keep going. Yeah. yeah. So Leatherface, I, what, oh, wait a minute now. Can I, I might have to recant that. Uh, surely Leatherface could operate a... Uh, a fire extinguisher, and that's about all it took for the blob in the 90s. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, you think he has wherewithal to grab another object? Well, yeah, he's all about hardware, so... Maybe. I don't know. I don't I don't know <laughs> that he would be able to figure that out. He, he figures quite a bit out in the, the Texas films, though, too, so I... I'm going to go with Leatherface. I like the, the idea now at the end of this, this whatever this film is, him just dancing around swinging a fire extinguisher. Yeah. And just, like, whipping it around and firing it. There we go. So, got, oh, wait, that, uh, so I, you want you want Leatherface to win? All right. Yeah. Okay. So we got Leatherface in here. Okay. All right. Should be. We're getting there. Uber Jason from Jason X. Okay. When they recreate him and he becomes half cyborg. Gotcha. Uh, and he drives an Uber. He picks up people. They don't really get to their destination though. Versus Inspector Clay from uh, played by Tor Johnson in Plan Nine. I was um, trying to find some deep cuts. Yeah. Let's go. Through, I'm just gonna go with uh, Uber Jason. He's pretty much unstoppable. It seems. It's true. He's got that, what was it, the nanotechnology that just regenerates him the whole time, or whatever. Like, George Johnson's just kind of like this, you know, mindless character, or whatever, anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Not that, not that, you know, there's a lot of firing synapses with Uber Jason either, but. I, I love Jason X. It's not a, it's not a great movie, but it's a no, fun movie. No, I enjoyed movie. it. it yeah. It's, it's super, it, it's, again, it's just, it's fun. It's, it's about the emotion that it evokes. <laughs> that's what that movie is all about. Brundlefly. <laughs> Makes me want to throw up on a donut. Church, oh, church, church from Pet Cemetery. So you got a, a house cat that's brought back from the dead, and you got Brundlefly. Yeah, which, that's that's really weird that I picked those two together. Yeah. Um, hmm. Like I don't know what stage Brundlefly you want to use. I don't know if it's the very last one that is like not part pod, but still kind of jacked up. Whatever. Like his knees finally buckle backwards, and it's just you know, looks like his head looks like a water chewed up like your gum. And he has like the little, like, you know, antenna jutting. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brundlefly on that one. <laughs> and there is a scene, there's a deleted scene in that film where he kills a cat. Um, he, uh, oh, really? Yeah, he, he tries to make a hybrid um, monkey, a baboon, and cat. And this thing that comes running out is just, it is very dumb looking. And he beats it to death with a, uh, with a rod because he's, he's horrified by what he made. I but just I, saw it recently or whatever. <laughs> like for the first, well, not for the first time, but. It was a rewatch. I, the first time I saw it, I was like a child, so I don't remember it, except for the arm wrestling scene. Ugh. 
Yeah. <laughs> I had to back that up so many times. I love that one. Um, yeah. And what was the, what was the other part of that? Whatever. Didn't he like the send something through with a machine and it comes out and this horrible like or that? No, well, that's, that's, the, the, end, that's end, the end of the movie. Yeah, he yeah. tries to. He's going to fuse him and uh, Gina Davis <laughs> himself together that no, with that, that noise child. that it makes as soon as it falls over is it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it uh, is. I, I I adore that film. I love it. I, yeah, the ending is great. so amazing and sudden and end. It's like done. Like oh, guess that wrapped that up. Like I like yeah. Um, I, I, I shotgun watched, over. I watched it and The Fly too, which I had never seen. Um, but I, I wanted to see for for a long time, whatever, just because of because uh, uh, I remember Tom Sullivan was uh, heavily involved with the effects and stuff. Okay, whatever, and I just I'd never watched it. Whatever. I mean, Fly Two is okay. It's not. Anything. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, they tried something different with it at least, but yeah. I remember, I remember not knowing it much about it and stuff, and then I start watching. It, I'm just like, oh, Eric Stoltz, huh? Okay. Yeah, the original Marty McFly that they recast because he was really, too, yeah, he was playing the character too sad. And, <laughs> that makes sense. Because like they they shot a fair amount of the beginning of the movie with him, and, they, and like they asked him like how it feels to be like Marty McFly, and he's like thinking about his life, and he was like, well, Marty was just he just has a sad life, and it's like his take on the character was the exact <laughs> opposite of what they were going for. So if you Google, you can see images of him with Christopher Lloyd, and he's dressed oh and like God. the the puffy vest and everything, and they had to reshoot a fair amount of the beginning of that yeah, movie. Yeah, that would have been horrible. <laughs> I don't hate Eric Stoltz, but God. He just had a completely wrong read on that character. Oh, yeah. Um, Black Phillip from The Witch. I haven't seen it. It's it's a goat possessed by Satan. I, I, I know. I uh, Well, supposedly, right? So, suppose, well, supposedly. Sure. The, the one thing I've heard about the movie is that like you just it, it, it leaves it ambiguous at the end as to whether or not this is the you know delusions of a crazy person or... I would I would argue I don't think so. Okay, um, but it's still it's a really same with good, Duke. Good okay. atmospheric film that is the one thing I will recommend. Like for me, it was like the English is a little older on purpose. That's because how people spoke back then. Mm-hmm. I had to turn subtitles on, and once I had the subtitles <laughs> on, it helped a lot because your brain's trying to process what they're saying, and it's like, oh well, they're speaking English, and it kind of just it helps a great deal. So. Okay. Uh, okay, so Black Phillip from The Witch versus Johnny Bartlett from The Frighteners. He was the Grim Reaper. Remember, he had got, him score, got himself a score, score of 20. 20. <laughs> yeah. So that's Jake Busey. Jake Busey, yeah. <laughs> oh, those horse teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like every Busey male, they just have to grow into their teeth? Yeah, like that's pretty what much. I, yeah. Um, I, so I don't know. I don't know if you wanted to have him as the Grim Reaper because like when he's the Grim Reaper, he's pretty damn unstoppable. But when he's like Johnny Bartlett, he's easily stoppable. I feel like that must have been like how uh, what's his name gets described in the the original. No, no, not the not the Hills Have Eyes. What was that? Uh, Kate Blanchett and Tommy Lee Jones. It was like a kind of a western sort of slash horror. Oh, oh shoot! The the missing. Yes, I haven't seen that. But I I they, they were talking about that uh, that witch, the, uh, the the Native American witch, and they talked about how he came out of his mother with a full set of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I picture the Buseys pretty much. Whatever when they're being spawned. Um, <laughs> when they're being spawned. Yeah. No offense. I love the Buseys. I I haven't had the pleasure of meeting either of them. They, they've been making the rounds at the. Uh, horror conventions i actually oh. was dying to meet him but they're they're at cons that i don't really you know care about. I, I would meet jake busey a second i think yeah it's yeah dude, like oh Johnny Bartlett's an awesome character jake like honestly like like well jake busey was great in the hitcher sequel mm-hmm. um and uh i loved him the starship troopers and stuff he was like this this great obnoxious you know kind of like you know comic relief character and stuff whatever but like honestly like it all begins with me with this uh this this little like hesher comedy this like 70s like you know like buddy comedy called the stoned age and he just he oh play- yeah oh, I, I know what you're talking about i love yeah, that yeah. movie so much uh okay let's see here so black phillip from the witch versus johnny bartlett from the frighteners 
Uh, I'm going to go with Johnny Bartlett from the Frighteners. Black Phillip, you don't even know whether or not it's actually a possession type you know, deal, whatever. You don't know if it has any powers. It's a goat. It's an evil goat. Yeah. Okay. It's an evil goat versus you know somebody who's killed a lot of people. Okay. All right. Using a box cutter or whatever. <laughs> and I also love Jeffrey Combs in that film, too. He's well, so just, good. He just yeah. uses the box cutter to carve the, the, the number in the head. Yeah. You're right. Most of me blows away with well, a gun, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Was that D. Wallace that plays his girlfriend? Yes. Yeah, that's right. She's coming to the next wasteland. Yes, yeah, she? she is. I, 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 I might have to find my VHS oh. copy of The Frighteners. I think I still have it. I know. I, I want to meet the mother that's played, well, the woman that's played the mother in every 80s movie. Right. Uh, the Leprechaun. From the Leprechaun movies. Right. Versus the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, I would. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my basic bitch here for a minute. <laughs> Please do. I've actually never seen any of the creature from the Black Lagoon films. Okay, I've only seen the original one just because they had it here at the Capitol and a black and white 3D version. Right. It was wonderful. Well, I'm not from here. Well, so. <laughs> this was, this was somewhere, you were living in the area when it happened, so that's that's on you. Wait, wait, when was that? This was like not even a year ago. It was part of their, uh, uh, the science, uh, Cleveland Science um, Museum of Science oh. will do like a, like a thing every well, I month. I just moved here. I was pretty broke for the first <laughs> few months. Getting here was a feat. Forgiven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, from what I understand of the creature, it's basically just that it's a fish man. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a merman. Um, right. We already have a merman. I don't know if this is this is you uh, calling other stalemate or what on this. But, well, no, 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 okay. no, no. I mean, Le- Leprechaun's pretty, uh, he's pretty crafty, whatever. He can pretty much kind of conjure up anything he wants, whatever, as long as well, somebody, well, I guess somebody has to wish for it for him to do that, doesn't he? Like, or he steals gold. I, I think he steals gold and then he gets, uh, he tries to trick you or something. I've seen I the first one in passing. I just remember to... Jennifer Aniston was in it. You haven't and... seen any of the sequels? No. Oh, they're hilarious. <laughs> they're so good. Uh, I mean, they're they're oh, they're horrible, but they're good at the same time. Uh, Carolyn Williams actually has a great uh, role in this, and I think it's the second one. The second one's the one where it's in Vegas. I it, I know there's one that's in the hood, and then one where it goes back to the hood, and there's one where it's in yeah, space, but they don't go horrible. back to space. Those ones are horrible. Uh, uh ev- ev- well, everybody but Freddy went to space. I think out of the I need bunch. space Freddy. That should have happened. That yeah. would have been great. Well, I mean, there's what was it a face? Wait, I've seen I've seen Event Horizon. I've seen Freddy in space. No, no, that's that, that's like <laughs> The Shining in space. I, I know, really, yeah, you're right. Do you like that movie? I really like Event Horizon a great deal. I do too. Yeah, uh, that's the only one of his films I like. It's uh, Paul W. S. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, I like his remake of Death Race. That one's actually kind of fun too. Haven't seen it. No. My little brother swears by it. He tried to get me to watch it for years and years and years, and I never have. Uh, well, Event Horizon is one of those ones where the ending was tinkered with again too, and um, they they had to change really? the ending. And it's very it's very obvious once you know what to look for. Okay. Uh, it's the bit at the end when Sam Neill is fighting um, Lawrence Fishburne, and it's like you know the 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 emergency ship's already away and it's ba- or it's on its way out, and so basically Lawrence Fishburne knows that he has to activate the the drive to save the crew because he's going to activate the black hole thing, right. right? And there's a bit where he goes to swing something at Sam Neill, and it cuts to a shot of his eyes, and there's a weird bit of voiceover, and then there's a kind of a stuttery slow motion bit of Lawrence Fishburne like swinging at him or something. It's a really awkward paced moment hmm. that you can tell that there was supposed to be something else there, and I think it was supposed to be a longer vision of hell that they cut out completely. But it's this kind of like stapled together real quick ending that you don't notice because the movie's moving along at a pretty good clip. But the studio kind of interfered with that too. Okay. I've seen that movie too many times and I know when that bit happens. And I, I love Event Horizon. Yeah, me too. Um, I always have. Yeah. Uh, what else did that guy do? He did the, uh, the the first Resident Evil movie too, didn't he? He's done a lot of Resident Evil movies. Alien, he's, he's, first he, Alien versus Predator, right? Yes. Yeah. The, and um, 
Mortal Kombat. Oh, the first one's fun. I'll give you yeah, that. No, it is, but yeah. oh God, no, I saw work. that in the theater too. <laughs> I saw both of them in theaters. I saw, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So Vin Horizon's great. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, check out that the remake of Death Race. It's actually better than it has any right being. That's what I've yeah. heard. Uh, yeah. I, I will check that out sometime. Uh, whew, let's throw this in the stalemate one. So we can even it out. Okay. I sure. really don't know because I mean, like all all the things that the Leprechaun has powers over are things I couldn't see the creature actually doing. It seems like they would just go in circles forever. That's fair. Maybe. We'll figure that out later, I guess. Um, let's see. Jaws? Yeah, so I had Bruce the shark. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I wanted to see what happened throwing a shark in the mix. <laughs> Versus Bud the Chud. <laughs> uh, that's, Garrett Graham, right? I, maybe. It's been... I. No, it's, it's I, Garrett Graham who plays Beef oh, in Phantom uh, of the Paradise. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's see, Bud the... See. I've, you've, seen, you've seen Chud too, right? I ha- it's been okay. years since I've seen Chud too. It's been a minute for me too, yeah. but yeah, I'm just going to go with that just because I like Garrett Graham so much. So Bud the just Chud... For, just for his performance beats as Beef. Jaws, okay? Yeah. What's well, a shark? Yeah, I know. Like, well, it gets it, outwitted it, by Roy Scheider. If the fight's on land, it's a different fight for the shark. If the fight's out in the water, it's a way different fight for the mm. shark. So... Okay. All right. So we should Last be... ones. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I remember one of these. All right. Uh, Christine, the car, John Carpenter's movie. Uh, so we got a car versus Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Car versus Sasquatch <laughs> versus good-natured, friendly Sasquatch. Uh, I'm gonna go with Christine. Okay. Christine seems to have like a, a good mind of her own. It's very. Uh, very malevolent. Harry, <laughs> Harry just seems like it's just, you know. Yeah, just, I just, just made me want to cry a lot as a kid. <laughs> all right. So this will speed up. This will speed up a little bit, movie. I promise you. Okay. So so you picked all your winners. Okay. We're going to go through this real quick. Uh, this is round two. This is we. I, I always overdo it by picking too many names. Okay. but uh, No, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, the Predator versus Ned Flanders from As the Devil. Uh, going to go... <laughs> I'm, I'm overthinking this too but, much. No, you do, that's fine like I um, I enjoy Ned Flanders of the Devil that's the reason why I keep I, I had to mention it I love it yeah, I'm gonna go with the Predator Predator yeah. oh okay he won't sell his soul that's not worthy of the hunt <laughs> okay Michael Myers versus Freddy Skeleton from Dream Warrior <laughs> Freddy Skeleton from Dream Warrior has, has more wits to him <laughs> I like it what what if it was uh, Puppet Freddy from uh, Dream Warriors? Would that I change love things? That sequence. Uh, yeah. No, I guess it would be Michael Myers that would win that one. He's just, he has the size. I guess. <laughs> and he's not stop motion. Sure. Well, the way the skeleton is stop motion though. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. That was well. Both were from Part Three too, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. Um, let's see, Bud the Chud versus Leatherface. Ooh. Leatherface. I feel like that's a more formidable match versus his science use in the blob. All right, yeah. so we got Leatherface. Uh. All right, Slimer from Ghostbusters versus Brundlefly. I'm just I'm gonna go with Slimer on this one. Again, he, he's you know he can he can go through anything. So I, I something tells me if Slimer wins this, this will be yeah. Well, a, I mean, like it'll, he, be, he, it'll he, be the upset. Could easily like just you know smother the Brundlefly. I would say that's true. He could. Or try to eat them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Johnny Bartlett. Uh, Johnny Bartlett from the Frighteners. Sorry, I'm not speaking to the mic for that. But here, uh, let's see. Versus Christine the car. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, he, his his scythe did go through the roof of a car. 
if you remember that whole sequence where uh, yeah. you know Michael J. Fox is trying to drive. So I don't know. If he could do that, he could do it enough times to completely destroy the car, I suppose. Uh, he could. That's all but, it took in the movie. But that car, it's possessed and it reforms itself, so... Uh, not the end. I mean, once they cubed it. Once they, once they cubed Well, but it teases that it's possibly moving, right. you know. So, yeah, if you want to go, that's fine. I just love Christine so much. There you go. Johnny uh, Bartlett? Yeah, I'm going to okay. go Johnny Bartlett. Like, after watching Halloween 3, all I wanted to do is watch Christine because the uh, music is so yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not in a bad way. But no, I'm just like, I, I love Christine, too, yeah. so much. Didn't didn't Stephen King like come out with a book like uh, just a few like in the last like ten years or something that was also about a possessed car or something? Kinda from a Buick Eight was uh, not about a possessed car, but it it was a car. It was something that was not a car. Let's just put it that way. It was uh, it's kind of a gateway, and it would kind of trick people getting near it. So it was it was it was a different take on things. Okay, yeah. Because they'd open it up the hood and like the engine looked like an engine, but none of the parts actually worked, and it was like this weird like thing of like, well, why does this car exist? And they kind of they don't don't really answer it, but they they give it's a really interesting it's an interesting book. It's not the it's not his best work, but there's some interesting twists in it. Okay, um, the Count from Sesame Street and the shit that he's seen in Vietnam, which we've determined. <laughs> I think it was Oscar. Seven school children. No, just, anyway. <laughs> I think it's Oscar the Grouch that went to Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite memes on the internet. Um, the Merman from Cabin in the Woods. Uh, I'm going to go with Count on this one. Okay, Count. Yeah. Count taking down the Merman. All right. Last two here. Uber Jason versus David S. Pumpkin. <laughs> Oh, I don't. Eh. Technically, David S. Pumpkins has seventy-four sequels, right? So it's, it's, yeah, I guess. Jason's only had what? Technically, eleven. Yeah, let's go with David S. Pumpkins. David S. Pumpkins yeah. beats Uber Jason. Oh, the upset! I've never been a big favorite fan of Jason in general. I mean, like I, I've I've just come to enjoy those movies a lot more in the last few years. But at the same token, I'm just kind of like. Oh, he's a big it's, guy that kills people and he yeah. can't be stopped. At I some mean, point, I'll have to have you. Oh, he wears a mask. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to have you over to watch me fiddle badly with uh, the Friday 13th video game. That is a fun experience. That's the original be- Nintendo one? No, there's a new one out for game oh. systems where no, it looks it's fantastic. like, yeah, I have it. I'm terrible at it. And people can play as Jason or as a counselor and it's just random. Yeah. It is very, it's very much like the horror film in the sense that if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to die fast. <laughs> and, and so like, there's been times where I turn a corner, I'm like, shit. And I just get killed and I deserve it. But it's, it feels very much like Friday 13th where it's like, well, that wasn't going to end well type yeah. of thing. And it's, and it's also, there's this weird effect too. Whenever he's near you, the whole screen starts getting distorted, like a VHS tape slipping. Oh, really? So it's very creepy. Cause you don't know where he's at. And you see the screen start fuzzing. You're like, oh, nice. crap, Jason's nearby. He's probably going to kill me. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So we're getting to what is the final eight? Uh, yeah, something like that. We're getting there. Okay. Uh, the Predator versus the Count from Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna go for the. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Predator on this one. Okay. I, I kind of just want to see him use that shoulder gun to blow all the puff out of. Uh... But you see, the Count had to count the three dots first. He'd be like one, two, <laughs> uh, uh, three uh, dots. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, he wouldn't get to two. <laughs> I want to see the count try to count the countdown clock on the Predator's detonation armband and try to figure out how that works. We we might not be at a... Oh. What happened? I screwed up the math, which <laughs> is probably what happened. Okay. 
All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna read these two. We'll figure it out between there. Slimer from Ghostbusters. Um, versus Johnny Bartlett from Frighteners. So ghost versus ghost. Tough one. That's the toughest one of all. Maybe. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Slimer. Okay. Screw Johnny Bartlett. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So there's three. So if there's three left, then then you can open all three. And I guess, well, no, you got to pick two of the next three. So we'll t- that way we'll have four, and then two, and then one. Okay. So wait a minute. Do I open all three of these now? Just, uh, yeah, just open up all three, and okay. then pick two of them. Just the the weakest one will go. Elimination match. People know that my math is not good. So. Okay. Uh, so we have. David S. Pumpkins <laughs> versus Leatherface oh. versus Freddy Skeleton. I want to see this movie. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I'm going to eliminate Freddy Skeleton. <laughs> no reason at all. I, just, I, I want these two to remain in the thing. So Okay. So our final four is Leatherface, David S. Pumpkins, Slimer, <laughs> uh, and somebody else. I can't remember right off the top of my head. There's been so many wonderful. Oh, uh, Predator. So let's find out. We're almost at the end here. This is really compelling podcasting. Do I open them one at a time, or you can just open the two, and then we'll we'll get like your final match. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's see here. Slimer from Ghostbusters versus Leatherface. <clears throat> <laughs> I like to believe that someone else out there's had this argument already. I want to believe that there's been like a, an angry internet argument over this fight. Oh man. This is so tough. Can we talk about this for a while? Or we, 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 uh, we're almost at two hours of, uh, of show. I was going to say, are we running out of time? We, 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 uh... My computer can record for another 722 hours is what's telling me. Oh, cool. Okay, so. So <laughs> this is going to go on for uh, a little bit. Make some snacks. Tuck in. Jeez. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of something else besides just, you know, my affection for the characters. Like, uh, what merits do they have that'll I, make I think one the victor? This is the same fight as the blob, but he can't use an extinguisher. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, neither one of them is that smart, though, either. No. Dexterity is low on both. Uh, <laughs> crap. I, I like that you have like trading cards in your mind of like side by side of what, what would oh, happen. Yeah. Leatherface has the strength. Uh, Slimer can get through him, but what's he going to do? He's just going to try and chainsaw. He's just going to try and use power tools on him the entire time, essentially, whatever, which is going to do nothing. What, but what's Slimer going to do other than just wisecrack and annoy go, him to death? I don't know. Bunch. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Slimer on this one because Slimer at one point. <clears throat> Slimer at one point is probably going to drive him so nuts, whatever he like accidentally like saws himself or something. I can like see that, that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. That's so Slimer is now the one of the last ones standing, and we got David S. Pumpkins versus be- the Predator. I, I think right. Yeah, I think so. I can't believe Slimer's made it all this far. <laughs> Predator versus David S. Pumpkins. David S. Pumpkins. God. I, and and I don't know if Pumpkins has his b-boy skeleton dancers with him either. So, and 
oh, well, I mean, I, I really don't know that it would make much difference or whatever. I think they'd probably just get blown apart by the Predator too. Yep. Yeah, I, well, I'll just go with Predator on this one. I don't favor the Predator, though. It's just well, so but weird, somehow but... you got there. Yeah. And also, I just want to give uh, credit to David S. Pumpkins for making it to the Final Four. Good on you. That's uh, <laughs> for, for a person I thought was not going to make it past uh, you know, the first round. So you got Slimer and you have Predator. the Predator. So there you go. Oh. You got to make a decision. God, I'm going to go with Slimer, I guess. What's the Predator going to do against him? <laughs> but it's the ultimate prey, so you think that he would come up with some type of Slimer net. <laughs> but, you know? you, but you can't, though. Like he's, he, they, they, There's not even... I guess, I mean, like... I, I like of all the things that have been talked about tonight, the thing that's just like hurting your brain the most is like, what could Slimer do offensively to hurt any of these people versus like, you know, I like I like the, like, I love that this is the... Right, he's all defense. He's all defense. He's all defense. Yes, he is. Predator's all offense, but he's got nothing that could do anything against him, though. Like, well, considering how the, the Ghostbusters tore up that entire uh, ballroom, like, trying to catch Slimer, and they had all the lasers, yeah. I would imagine that the Predator also has a bunch of lasers and weapons. Yeah, which is going to do nothing. nothing. Yeah. So the only thing I could think is if he had, like, if there's a way to overheat Slimer and burn him out, but he's a ghost, you know? like Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's what are you going to do, kill him? He's a ghost. Like, Yeah. And the, I... I I doubt that the Predator's got any kind of like a you know containment unit type thing like the Ghostbusters <laughs> had. I mean, that's about the only thing that they had. I'm sure there's some type of IDW comic book out there that shows all yeah. this where the Predator has like <laughs> has all that. Like there's the there's the deleted scene in Predator Two when they shows the trophy case that there's a Slimer head in there. You didn't <laughs> yeah. see that, like yeah, with uh, the head of all four Ghostbusters as well. <laughs> yeah. Throwing um, Janine for good measure. Right. Why not? Right. I like that. I like the idea of the Predator just hunts other franchises. I like that. That's actually pretty funny. Um I'm going to go with Slimer on this. <laughs> so Slimer wins our monster match. Yeah, hell, I oh, want him God. to. Look at that. That was, that there's, was fun. There's See, really nothing he could... I, I really think that, like, you know, if nothing else, he could get inside that breathing mask and the Predator oh. could do nothing against it. We could take the mask off. He's still just going to get into that, you know, whatever. I just right. think the, the Predator would just get so mad that he would just take the, the detonation arm bar, yeah. set it off. Which would be, do nothing to Slimer. Yeah, he would think it was going to take him out, but it would right. do nothing. So, And then he would be a ghost. On the, that's it. He kills himself. To become a ghost on the other side, to hunt Slimer from the other side. Right there, you go. that's the movie that needs to happen. This is the meek inheriting the earth. That that is that is the motion poster I need to see. So, all right. Anyway, that was a lot of fun. Like I like <laughs> I like I like pr- proposing silly questions that have silly answers. I think that was fun. Thank you for being game for that. And all hell Absolutely. Slimer, king of monsters. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so that's going to do it for us. This one is. Uh, I, I enjoyed every bit of the conversation. I know normally, like like maybe run a little less than this, but you guys got two hours of wonderful conversation. Thank you, James, for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again. A lot of fun, a lot of horror movie knowledge there. So dig in, watch Exorcist 3. Um, Watch like I'm next week. No show. Uh, the the just programming note there. There might be some some, some, uh, some changes behind the scenes. Getting some things ready. So no show next week. Uh, enjoy Halloween. Watch the hell out of Stranger Things season two. Just relax. I want to be bringing you some more westerns on the blog. Um, just you know. But in the meantime, just enjoy the season. And I hope you guys watch these four movies. And yeah, that's it. Have so. fun. Good night. Good October to you. <laughs>